Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 272. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, someone's gonna get their head kicked in. Matt, Matt's just made that thing every week to make a wrestling reference with these intros. It's just these. Oh, is that what that was? It's just these shit. It's, off, it's off the top of my head because that's all I care about right now. Yeah. Uh, and also here, uh, direct from the, the bosom of Margaret Thatcher, Connor is here. Uh, Connor, oh, I really hope you recorded that before, so there's context for that down the line somewhere. <laughs> I, I think I may have recorded that that weird conversation where we said you were breastfed by Margaret Thatcher. I think that came up. Uh, <laughs> well, guys, I just want to say that's the height of the show is going to be today. So, like, just buckle in because it's going to be a rough one. Uh, it's all downhill from here. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I showed up being very sleep-deprived to find out that all three of us are pretty sleep-deprived. So, uh, it's going to be a loopy one today, but hey, that's, you know, it's, it's what it is. Uh, I feel like I get my head kicked in, uh, th- th- to put it uh, bluntly, yeah, I suppose. I, I'm just listening to some sax house. It's the only thing that's going to get me through this show. Hmm. Well, this is a DC Comics show. Uh, we get together, we've read a bunch of our books, and we talk about them. It's really quite that simple. Coming up. On this week's show, uh, I will address, first of all, that something we said was coming this week apparently got delayed, and it occurred to me, as I, after I read most of my books, I, I, I felt like, didn't we say last week there was three Tom Taylor books? What happened yeah. to the third one? And I checked, it's Bro, next I week. I had a panic when I got to the store and it wasn't in my box. So, yeah. I, I imagine Matt throwing a fit and like throwing comics on the floor going, where is it? Where's uh-huh. Superman? You, you laugh, but I have a very antagonistic relationship with one of the workers, like a fun antagonistic, and he would hide it from me. So <laughs> well, you're, not, I mean, you're not far off. I found out when I got to my store that in the UK, the print versions of Nightwing were delayed by a week, so I had to get it digitally for this week. Well, that's unfortunate. Nope. I mean, there are worse books to double dip on, let's be honest. Yeah, support it. It just, it just means you've, you've inflated its sales by an extra one. Everyone counts. It's it's a small market as it is. Yeah, it's it's, I mean, it's not like you had to buy. Well, we'll see if there's anything this week that would be the the butt of that joke. But uh... <laughs> insert your own from the past. Not not to spoil anything, but I don't think there's anything that I read willingly. Yeah, that would be for that. Sure. Well, anyway, coming up on this week's show, then the list as it is. Uh... Despite the fact that Superman, Son of Kal-El got pushed a week. But what we did have is Batman 113, Nightwing 84, Catwoman 35, Batman Secret Files, Miracle Molly issue 1. You'll notice I've grouped all the Fierce the Eight Bannered books. In a, Smart. In uh, then we got The Flash 774, the uh, Batman the Detective issue 5, Aquaman the Becoming issue 1, Supergirl, Wound of Tomorrow issue 4, and Connor's tackling a Patreon book of Harley Quinn Annual 2021. So... That is the schedule for today's discussions. Everyone's excited. Yeah. yeah. I thought hey. that was going somewhere, and then it just trailed off into nothingness. Yeah. yeah. There were books on a list that we collectively read. Speaking of lists of books. No! <laughs> Why did you say list? You know that's a trigger mine. word. He's like, he's like the Winter Soldier. That's one of his words. Damn it. Sorry. 
Sorry, Let's everyone. activate list mode. There's always time to start the show with the Comixology Top 10. Time of recording books that are on the, the charts of Comixology right now. Uh, number one is a DC book, so I'm going to... I got this. I got this. Okay, Matt, go on to go. Batman. Would you believe it? It is indeed Batman 113 uh, at number one. I you going to throw a curveball at me and go, no, it is not. It's... <laughs> it's... It was Miracle Molly, obviously. Yeah, Catwoman. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Kite Man issue. Hell yeah! Two from eight years ago or something. I don't know if it's ever been a Kite Man book. There probably hasn't been. Uh, yeah, hasn't been. <laughs> give, give Tom Taylor time. I mean Tom King. <laughs> Tom King. Yeah, give Tom King time. I have either that too much uh, caffeine or not enough today. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, so number two is X Men issue three. How many? Like, did they just renumber this again? Like, when did yeah. we go back to number it's one? Gary, it's Gary Dugan. Jerry, okay. Gary, whatever. Jerry, oh, Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, number three, we're back to DC. The one we like to... Batman. Just a different Batman. Technically, Batman's in the title. The detective eighty nine. No, I don't know what came out. Oh, Miracle Molly. That's number three. Oh, Secret wow. Files. Uh, see, I forgot it was Batman Secret yeah. Files. Yeah, see. Uh, and then number four is Nightwing. So, you know, yeah, these Fear State books uh, doing just, well. You know. Miracle Molly sold that. Like, don't me wrong. I know it's got the Batman name attached, got the Fear State attached. It's got Tynan's name attached. But still, that's pretty high. Yeah, Tynan's got that big uh, comic dick waving around now. You know, he's things are selling just based Slap. on his name. Did, did you see the uh, the pre-order sales for his spin-off of uh, Something's Killing the Children? I did not, no. Uh, it's, I believe, at, sitting at 460,000. Good lord! Yep. Hmm. You should probably read that book in uh, Department of Truth. So, uh, go to the so, shop. You would love Department of Truth. Yeah, yeah. it's on to the to do list to check out his other creator-owned uh, books. He, he also said he's doing a art style portrait book of all the cryptids from department of truth he's putting them in his newsletter starting this coming week i'm very excited yeah, yeah so that's real cool he's doing some fun stuff over there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh no uh so there you go uh yeah so date wing number four number five is x-men onslaught revelations issue one lord they can't let stuff go huh what a title yeah <laughs> It's one of those ones where, like, there's no way the title's actually all there. It, it just keeps going with words that are meaningless. So I just have to hope I can read the, the title on the thumbnail of the, of the image because it's it's not fitting into the little, you know, designated area for the title on this this page. Hover over it. Does it not like pop up with the full link one? It does not actually. Oh, I, sorry, I, shit. I, I, this, I, is, this is why they're killing the site. <laughs> I assumed it would. I honestly thought it would when you said that, but I, I just tried it. It didn't do it. So. Yeah, yeah. This is why they're killing the sites. It's easier just to, to put it out of its misery than, than try and make it work like a modern website. Uh, number six is Guardians of the Galaxy issue 18. Which was the final issue that they didn't tell anyone was the final issue until you got to the end of it, and they went, we're done. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Oh, comic but book did, business is But fun. did no one notice that there wasn't any issues solicited for the next two months? They did, but Marvel does this where they'll sometimes just take a couple of break, uh, a couple yeah. of months off with their solicits and not actually, not say it's cancelled, but not say it's on a break, that it'll just pop back up a few months later. So what you're saying is they like to keep everyone on the toes. Like, we, we're, you're never sure. You're yeah. never sure if it's been cancelled or if it's just taken a couple Including of months Including the creatives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, number seven, uh, back to a bat book, Batman the Detective, uh, issue five is number seven. And then Alien issue seven is number eight. That You know, that Alien book has consistently been in these top tens most months it's been out. Shame the art. That, that cover was utterly dreadful, isn't it? The interior art, I don't know about the cover. Uh, the cover no, looks the, fine from the thumbnail here. Yeah, well, no, the, the cover is, is uh, a xenomorph coming through, like, corn stalks. And it's, oh, yeah, you know, it does look good, yeah. It looks pretty cool. Like that's a cool image. Yeah, there was a, one of those, you know, like those like asylum level movies that came out last mm-hmm. year called Shark of the Corn. I think it was called, and it was it was like Children of the Corn, but there was a shark in the cornfield. Oh, the shark is the one behind the rose. Yes, uh, and I'm just thinking of like this is the alien crossover with Children of the Corn. It's xenomorph and the corn. You know, I, there's I, a very watched... nice cover. I just looked up. Yeah, I, I watched Pumpkinhead for the first time. Oh yeah. I didn't... I did not realize Dan Winston directed it. Like, I had known he his name was attached, but... Yeah, that was his, like, uh, he's really trying to direct himself, kind of. Yeah, and it, I gotta say, it wasn't badly made. It's very, very weird. Um, but Pumpkin had straight up looked like a xenomorph. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, it, it feels like he was focusing so much on trying to direct for the first time that yeah, he he, like, he sort of whiffed on the monster design a little bit, which is weird because well, that's what he's known for. <laughs> we'll give it a different face and uh, just paint the xenomorph armor brown. We'll be good to go. Yeah, you know? not not not, uh, not an amazing movie by any means. No, but... I I liked it. It it is it hits my niche of of creature and also weird, you know. So mm. you know, I don't know if I'll rewatch it every spooky season, but I'm glad I watched it. Well, you finally watched Dream Warriors though this week, and that's amazing. So yeah, you know Dream getting, Warriors. Do you know what I'm getting to watch tonight though? What? Jumanji. Green Knight. Oh, Green Knight. <laughs> it, it's. Uh, they they you guys claimed talked it was, over each they, other. I missed what he said. The Green Knight. Yeah, oh, they claimed yeah, that it was time. getting a a cinematic release in 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 the theaters, but, but no right. no cinema in the country seems to be showing it. <laughs> There's no interest. No one wants to yeah. see Green Knight. No, I, I I don't I don't know what happened. I uh, you know because Amazon bought up the the rights to to stream it mm-hmm. and distribute it to to the cinemas. Yeah. I, I suspect that it's playing in like one cinema in London just so they can claim that yes, we gave it a theatrical release when they, they clearly didn't. Yes, but the, the backwash no railroad town that Connor lives in uh, doesn't get Green Knight. They have an airport. And it was a joke, Matt. It was a, it was, okay. it was, it was the joke. <laughs> I live in a pretty major city. Yeah. It's like large cinemas that no, yeah. not, not getting it. Wow. Dang. Even, even the little independent ones that like love to show that sort of stuff. Trust me, I, I remember they've got an airport because they fired Connor. Remember that? Yeah, was redundant. There's a difference. Yeah. yeah. But it's funnier if I say fired. Yeah. Yes, but it's inaccurate. Hey, Pete, you watched Malignant yet? I have, in fact, yes. Uh, uh, quick thoughts, real quick. I appreciate how insane it gets, and the last okay. 20 minutes makes it worth watching just for the experience of how okay. stupid and silly it is, but it's we not good. We, we line up. I see so many people take the stand. It's like, he wanted it to be bad. I, was like, <laughs> I, I don't think that James Wan goes into movies wanting them to be bad. Like, I'll just say like, this. You I don't understand why my Twitter timeline is full of praise for this movie all of a sudden. I, I, yeah. People were like talking about it like it's great, and now I'm it's... confused. Like Pete just said, we line up, which is rare, like, because we have two very different tastes, but I feel that it's almost the same exact as he does, where about two-thirds into the movie, I'm like, why do people like this? 
And then the last act really, really kicks it into overdrive. So you're uh, saying I should watch it in October? You should. I would. You should have watched it. Watch. it, it I've told people it is worth a watch if you like horror stuff. 100%. It is worth a watch, uh, but like you, you don't cast the lead actress from the Annabelle movie and think you're going to make a good movie, okay? That's just <laughs> not what you do, all right? Uh, wow, why to throw her under the bus? She's devoid of charisma. She, there's, there's like a black yeah, hole where charisma's supposed to be. It got worse. <laughs> yeah, so I just had to ask Pete about about mm. that one, and because uh, I know you, you haven't seen Candyman yet. But yeah, so, no. You know, those are the two new ones that I've seen, and then I've been going through the nightmare movies and got to finally see dream warriors. And it was definitely worth the wait because that's a legit good movie. That's like not good for nightmare. That's like just a good movie. I like so, it more than the first one. That's my favorite of the series. Yeah, I did. Well, yeah. I watched them all last year. It's basically a uh, superhero movie at a certain point. And I, I love that about that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, and then they, they <laughs> recast Patricia Arquette in part four. I mean that that does suck, and I actually remember yeah. not liking four is that much. Yeah. Uh, but when we we did, but I rewatched them to review them on yeah. streams. I actually found that I quite enjoyed four. It's it's, it's got it's, a fun premise. And yeah, it's uh, o- it's okay. Like I don't hate it. Like I was talking negatively about it just because coming off of the high that was Dream Warriors, and then like yeah, it didn't have to be that character. You know, it didn't have to be. Because, because it has to do that sequel thing where it has to sort of disregard yeah. all the characters that survived the mm-hmm. previous movie very quickly, so it can just do its own plot. Like, once you get past that, its own gimmick, which is that the main character starts getting, like, the abilities yeah. of all all of her friends who are dying, so that by the yeah. end of the movie, she's got martial arts, she knows how to do, yeah. like, various things. Which, spoiler, <laughs> a slight spoiler for, for uh, Dream Master. As soon as the brother character was doing karate, <laughs> I go, <laughs> hey, tell my wife, I go, hey, yeah. Um, Freddy's gonna karate that man to death, right? Like that's the <laughs> only way. That's the only way this ends. Sure enough. Yeah. Uh, so Dojo, and you know what? Matt's negativity for part four on Twitter is going to come back to haunt him when he has to sit through five and six. So, so we, yeah. we were supposed to watch five and six last night, and uh, I ended up watching all of Rampage uh, instead. Um, and uh, I feel after hearing that from Pete, I made the wise choice. <laughs> I thought five was fine. Like, it's not good, but it was like, eh, whatever. Six, I thought, was atrocious. Six is atrocious. Six is terrible. Um, like, I, I, like, I, I think five is, like, five is not as bad as six, but it is pretty bad. Uh, it's, it's just kind of a soulless retread of the, the previous one, and it kind of, like, everything after three has this problem, because three has the perfect ending. Like, one and three is a pair, yeah. or kind of a perfect double feature, and that's it. That's all you really need. But I think two, while not great, is actually a really interesting movie for all the weird <laughs> things about it. Um, I, I like <laughs> two more than five nice and six like... easily. I do as well. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. I like well, New Nightmare as well, though. Yeah, it's, I, that's the I, up until it's this point, the only different. ones I'd seen oh. were one seven and Freddy versus Jason, because obviously New New Nightmare. Oh. I love the concept of, but when I watched that again, I actually kind of found myself feeling like it's 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 not as it's very ex- clumsy. It's not as exciting as it should be. It's like it's got yeah. a good premise, but it's a little bit bland for what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's very clumsy. You could tell that Wes Craven was trying the whole meta thing, which I doing research about Dream Warriors. That's the concept that he wanted to do was New Nightmare. So um, it was an idea yeah. he had for a while then. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, Scream comes and he gets to fully. Uh, yeah, do I the think, whole satire yeah, I definitely prefer stuff. Stream and New Nightmare. I think Stream is more mm-hmm. the realization of what he's, you know, the sat- satirical. But having only on seen it. one and seven, 
I think that works because I had no expectations of what a nightmare on Elm Street was supposed to feel like, or you know what I mean? Like my only interaction with Freddy was through one and Freddy VJ. I think it's it's really so. interesting watching it after all the rest where you kind of see kind of this mm-hmm. take on the franchise from like what does he think the franchise is at this right. point? Right. And so I'm I'm excited to watch it again coming up. I'm gonna watch them all, including the remake, which only one person that I know has given positive vibes to. I didn't do the and, remake. I tapped out. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you guys could guess which one of my friends yeah. likes like, it. The so. remake does this thing where there's a lot of implied things in the original series about how bad Freddy was when he was alive. Yeah. The remake decides to just tell you. <laughs> yeah. It's subtext and makes it super text. Yes. Uh, so I mean, basically it's so when it comes to Friday the 13th, I think I'm a remake apologist. Like, it's not the best, but it's doable. Like, it's serviceable as a Friday the 13th. You're telling me that the Nightmare one inverts is that. Oh, it's worse. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, the 13th remake was as good as the original oh. 13th movie is. Like, it's perfectly fine. I think both of them are like sure. that. Sure. Like, no, because, yeah, I mean, the first one's like the best one. By exactly. Any means. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh yeah, exciting. Um, but, so, yeah, when I rewatched both those franchises for Screams, yeah. I had a newfound appreciation for 4. I thought, you know what, that was uh-huh. actually pretty fun. For, once you get over the fact that it has to kind of get rid of the characters from the third one, yeah. pretty fun. And then I had a new appreciation on Friday the 13th for 7. Uh, I enjoyed Jason versus Carrie a lot more than I remembered from the first time. So uh, I had a friend go, how do you keep them all straight? There's 12 of them. And I ran through my thing. <laughs> when I get to seven, I go, it's Jason versus Carrie. Like, it's, it's easy. Yeah. What One's your Kevin Bacon. It's Mrs. Voorhees as the killer. Yeah. Two's Sackhead Jason. Yeah. Three's yeah. the one with Shelly, the practical joker in the barn. And he gets the mask. Yeah, and he gets the mask, mask. obviously. Uh, four's Corey Feldman, right? Uh-huh. Five is not really Jason, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then six is the Third. James Bond intro with Jason yeah. and the silliness. Mm-hmm. Seven, and it's also the one that's the only movie in the series that has kids at the camp. <laughs> what else yeah. the killings are going on? Mm-hmm. Seven's Jason V's Carrie. It's Manhattan, and it's way underrated. I've always liked Manhattan. I will fight people I on this. I had a lot of fun with that one, yeah. yeah. That, that one's so much fun. That boxing kill is the, <laughs> one of the best of the whole series. Like, and then also... Another underrated one is, is Jason going by the guys listening to the boombox and he just kicks it out front of him. <laughs> <laughs> he's pissed. I'm like, yes, pissed off, sulky Jason. Good luck. Yeah, that's uh, like one of the nine... four shots they actually did in New York. Everything else is in like yeah. Vancouver. <laughs> but that yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's in Times uh, Square. That, that, you can't nine... fake that. <laughs> yeah, nines go to hell. And that's terrible. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, uh, tens in space, ten? obviously. Yeah, so that's, that's easy. Okay. Yeah. And then you got Fred Freddy Jason. There's 11, yep. and then 12's the remake. Easy. Yeah. Can you tell it's October next week, folks? Yes. <laughs> oh, man, I'm excited to watch all the new Halloween. Not the new. Well, I'm excited to watch the new Halloween. But I'm going to go through the Halloweens and rewatch 2018 for the first time since theaters. Sure. Um, hopefully I have a better reaction yeah, to it. I, 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 I've only ever seen me. one through four, and then... Ooh. 2018. Maybe maybe this year I'll do all the Halloweens. That's what yeah, I mean, maybe that's... you should. I mean, they're not. I mean, I like H2O's. I've got a lot. I have fun with H2O. Uh, yeah. I mean, five, six, and that's resurrection. I tend to like every year. I pick a franchise, <laughs> kind of work through you it. Don't, it's you Halloween don't or leprechaun, basically. Like just you don't. Actually, just, yourself. no, no. Watch the Rob Zombie ones for context, just so you know the the the, the full so journey. Understand the hatred. because last year I did uh, Nightmare. And I did something else as well. Oh, I did Wishmaster. The, the, 
hey, the, the first... Oh, I had fun with... No, actually, no, I, all I'm four, all four have something to offer. If anything, I actually think the fourth one was the funniest, because it was so... Like, the thing about Wishmaster is that the first three movies are all about him trying to get someone to free him from his curse or spell or whatever it is. And the fourth one, he actually achieves it in the first act, and then the movie does something completely different for the rest of the thing. It's actually a really different movie. I, I, uh, I might have to watch Wishmaster now. I've never seen any of those. Oh, that's fun. Oh, no, that's uh, fun. So, so basically, like, it's, I was joking when Wonder Woman 1984 came out that it was a Wishmaster yeah. movie, right? Oh, it is. So, basically, just to give you a tease to get out, so mild spoiler for the second one, at one point, someone wishes that someone would go after himself, and the Wishmaster makes it so. <laughs> that's fantastic. Makes it so. Yeah. 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 Um... So, I, need to, I need to see the howlings too because i've only ever yeah. seen the first one and it was a very long time ago um howling yeah. i don't love the first one and the second one's got some charm but after that it starts to go pretty down yeah i know <laughs> like like you just said like, with the, you, do you know we went through the the friday the 13th there and there was like a signifying yeah. quality to each one so that's that yes. one right the seventh howling is the lane dancing one <laughs> i today i learned that there's a seventh howling <laughs> oh, I'm, I might have to put up a Twitter poll for voting on my friend the, Halloween, <laughs> Leprechaun, Howling. Or Don't Phantasm. let him see because he's going to get his people, and you're going to have to watch Leprechaun. The newest Howling, the eighth one, was a reboot they did that was inspired by Twilight. So you know what that's going for. <laughs> All right, I'm back in. <laughs> I just begin the TikTok meme with uh, <laughs> pork and beans, spam, hot sauce. I'm back in. Twilight? Make it, oh, man. So, I just want to go back, because so, if he's going to watch Halloween Resurrection, the only thing I'll say about that movie is oh. it's a wonderful time piece because it comes from a very specific slice in time where it's... The whole plot of that movie is that someone's trying to do a 24-hour live stream in Halloween night set in the Myers house, right? So we're at a point in time in 2002 where apparently a, a live stream like that is like a normal thing, but... But... The main character has a device, which is not a phone, but it's like just a texting device. And that's like a main plot point of the movie, is you can text, you can chat with someone on a texting device. Yeah, like a sidekick kind of deal. I didn't realize live streams were a thing like that in 2002, outside so, of so like TV channels. I don't think so they really that's were. part of the thing is, yeah. can you spend the night, so they're going to get a bunch of, you know, teenagers together, can you spend yeah, the night it's like a reality in show. the Myers house, uh, and okay. we're going we're gonna to live stream it, and it's going to be on the internet, and it's a pay-per-view type thing. And then, of course, Michael Myers shows up and starts, yeah. you know, offing them all. We also get a, a great Buster Rhymes line reading. Oh, yeah, Buster so Rhymes is uh, in that movie. It's that one and, and Zombies H2, both very, very not good. Um, Resurrection's funnier, though. But, yeah, but you can have a good time with Resurrection. I remember finishing Halloween 2, and I, and I text Pete and go, I don't think I'll ever be okay. <laughs> having just watched that not because it's it's gory or anything it's just it's sometimes horror in art school wannabe stuff does not go together and that that's one of the times um i don't know so. there's a point where michael watches his dead mother riding on a horse that yeah. i just kind of you know what <laughs> so, i hate the last What's one that? But this Damn is... hell is this movie? <laughs> but this one's going too far. <laughs> yeah, uh, but so, so yeah, I'm very excited to go back to Halloween, because as much as I love Jason, over the last year I've had a, a reawakening for, for Mike, you know, and those are those are legit 
majority of them are legit good movies. Well, I won't say majority, but there's a couple. Yeah, I would say majority. It's a, the yeah. one's an absolute stone cold masterpiece, and then yes. I have a lot of fun with uh, two and four. I, I also enjoyed three a lot. I love three. I, I know it's I, unconnected, but yeah, I still yeah, it as a movie. When I, when I talked about Pumpkinhead just being weird and of a time, that's like the vibe of three. It's weird of a time. And I do love how they're giving, you know, shout outs to to that one in the new one, you know, with the kids in the masks and whatnot. Yeah. You know, just to let us know. Yes. Ha- Halloween three starring Tom Atkins mustache. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, with that said, number nine, once in future <laughs> issue 20. <laughs> hey, once in future's on there. Matt, you, you started reading that yet? Oh, yeah. I finished the second trade. So uh, I'll be, I'll be good. Yeah. I saw Beowulf. Um, King Arthur's still at it. He's a yep. bit of an a-hole. Yep. So, yep. Hmm. And not to delay this any further, but I think since it is October next month, maybe I'll do like a Halloween or a horror movie recommendation each episode next week, next month for the funds. Uh, you'll have to let me know on, on, on when I'm not here for my birthday, so then I'll have other stuff to watch. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and at number 10, to read out the top 10, is The Flash, issue 774, so that's snuck on hmm. there. Uh, it's good that's in the top 10. Yeah, people like having a Wally book, so. Well, you know, funny that, isn't it? Uh, uh, looking just a little bit ahead, see where some of the old DC books falls. A few Marvel books after that. Um, that Star Wars Bounty Hunters has fallen a, a bit of grace, isn't it? Usually in the top ten. That's number like fourteen this week. Uh, but uh, Batman Animated Adventures continues number fifteen. Supergirls at number sixteen, seventeen. <laughs> Pardon me. And then Catwoman's a couple of slots under that. Uh, Aquaman comes in at almost oh. at the bottom of the page. Yeah. Was that news that it got announced that, that Ram V's done with Catwoman after a certain... I don't think I, I saw. I haven't seen thing. any of this. Okay. Uh, I, actually, I mean, Connor would know. The, the only thing I saw from Ram V this week is that he quote-tweeted someone who said, oh, first Titans leave and now Ram V's going. And Ram V quote-tweeted it with like, huh? I've actually teased that I've got more DC projects coming. <laughs> So well, I just I had read is this just because that... he's doing a Marvel book? Because obviously we know he is. Yeah, maybe well, that's what yeah, it is. I know he's doing stuff with Venom, but um, no, I I had read a, a post saying that that because of solicits that are due out, that you're gonna see that he's off of Catwoman. I don't know where it came from. Hey, if like, I, I, I mean, if this ends up but... being true, then fair enough. But I I have not seen this. Okay, I, I, I don't know if it was just me about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I'm scrolling his Twitter now, seeing if I can find anything. But I'm just seeing him talking about the the, the Venom book because they announced how that's been because it's it's co-written with him and Al Ewing, and it's basically <laughs> they're each tackling one of the characters and just you know so it'll be like one issue will be this character and one issue will be the other and it'll kind of alternate through. Yeah. Well, that wraps up the Comicsology top ten. Good luck to. Ah, uh... oh, I mean that doesn't get cut out anyway. So I was, I was going to say good luck to David editing that, but the Comicsology top ten doesn't get posted in its own video anyway, so he doesn't have to. There you go. We've got a lot of fun horror talk for spooky season. Yeah. Is it happens when I get charged up on pumpkin spice uh, cold brew before? You know, <laughs> this happens. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's funny because I'm doing a lot of horror movie stuff on live streams. Mail Fuzz Live YouTube channel if you want to come and do watch party stuff uh, as I watch stuff. But um, so I'm kind of using that for most of my October viewing yeah. because I just got a new graphics card. So I'm more, I'm like, Want to play a lot of games right now, <laughs> so I have to balance. Uh, I, uh, I found a tweet that I think Pete may have been referencing. Okay. It, it seems to be just a random as tweet, 
Um, it just okay. says more Swamp Thing from Ramvi and more DC projects to come. And Ramvi has retweeted that with, with no comment, no statement of okay. yes or no. But hey, I'll take more. That, that means that he's at least either wanting more something or, you know, or there right. are plans in the works. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, there was another tweet where he did say, like, there's teases of more books. So, yeah. like, you know, yeah, we want more Ramvi books. We, we like a lot of them. Yeah. Um, Marvel, keep your grubby little mitts off yeah, our radar. Grubby paws off of him. Mm-hmm. How dare you? All right. You no, know, though, I, I am noticing outside of like big, big names, there is a lot of crossover because, you know, Tom Taylor has that Dark Ages book, which I, I mm-hmm. thought they still haven't read, as you know. I think a lot of that is after, after last year as well, um, when DC reorganized a lot of their editorial stuff, they yeah. pretty much abandoned exclusive contracts, from what I yeah. can tell. But there well, aren't like, any really left. Well, no, and you, and you think a lot of the big names that, that you know came come around from like New Fifty Two and Rebirth. You know, your Scott Snyder's and your Tynans now, they're all kind of jumping to the creative own creator owned phase. Yeah, you know, the other creators go through like Fraction did this and. Um, yeah, t- Tom Taylor was one of the. As I mean, there's a few, but the, the two writers that I kind of fell in love with at Marvel that I wanted to sort of do DC yeah. work. Uh, the other one's Kelly Thompson, who has not yep. yet made the made the jump. But Tom Taylor at this point is writing way more DC than he has Marvel. So yeah. you know. he is right yeah. now. Which and again, yeah, people forget that he's kind of where he started with the like the Injustice books. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was doing that before he did. I remember, like, if someone were to go back through some of our old threads way back around Rebirth, I remember talking a lot of trash about Tom Taylor. Because he, <laughs> because he did the Robinson. Superman stuff in Injustice. <laughs> uh, not because of Injustice, because of Earth 2. And mm. then I read an interview with him that had said that these are the plans. He's working off of Robinson's plans because some of the stuff that he had done, just it had you know left turned and stuff. And I remember going, oh, this Tom Taylor guy, actually, uh, it might have been too harsh on him. And now, like, what is this, 10 years later? <laughs> he's our patron saint. Yeah, I mean, so, it is 10 years later. I know it's 10 years because that idiot David decided to start doing a show where he reads all the books exactly 10 years after they came out on a weekly show. So check out the Notes on You 52 if you haven't already on our YouTube channel or in its own podcast feed. <laughs> was that kind of... It's a brave man. Yeah, also, he, he, he made a cock-up this week, though. He read the wrong issue of Red Hood because the trade puts, like, issue six or something first. <laughs> 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 so you read... Um... <laughs> you read the wrong one. <laughs> why? I, I don't know. I wasn't even read to the time. I don't why know. Why would the trade do that? Why, why would you do that, DC? I, I don't know. I guess it was a flashback issue, and they thought, oh, well. They just wanted to sabotage that terrible book. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Lobdell was still writing it for like another eight years at that point. No, yeah, it didn't say it worked. <laughs> My first taste of Tynan came from that book, and it wasn't too bad. Uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. So that was the end of the end. Okay. He's <laughs> got a lot to look forward to if he makes it through that. Sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not that much to look forward to the yeah, also, no, I don't like to I don't like to speak uh, nicely about the the writer that he's currently reading, whose name won't go. But he does do a good Starfire story about second arc that like mm. is not terrible, you know. Um mm. Oh, that's as nice as I'll be. <laughs> All right, okay. I thought we could get into books then, uh, if, that's, if that's where we're 
Right. We have chatted a lot of bullshit so far today. That's been that's been a lot of bullshit today. That is, is very true. People enjoy the bullshit though. Uh, and none of us been wrestling related, which is actually kind of a character. Yeah, I know, man. Is that my my cue to tap out? For I'm a bit? I'm just gonna say if we're we're gonna tie this to Redhead, uh, that's what uh that's how Red uh, uh Brian Danielson's chest was after that match. Who we? Yeah, we were going to tie in, but yes, that match was amazing, and it was it was everything. I think even Connor would enjoy it. Because <laughs> there's really a sport it. level quality to it that I think I think you would dig. That's all. Atmosphere in that building was fantastic. But yes, we shall we'll shall discuss Batman. Comics. Batman one thirteen. James Titan the fourth and Jorge Jimenez on the art. The next main chapter and Fear State. Uh which Picks up where we left off, you know, as a fake oracle, uh, you know, broadcasting through the city. Uh, that's like a plot thread that runs throughout most of these first day books this week. Um, and we get Ghostmaker getting into Batman's head, although that doesn't st- we'll start with that, though. We start with, um, uh, I, I kind of like there's a two page layout at the start here that just kind of, you know, okay, here's all the main characters of this book, what they're doing right now in the city. It's, it's, it's essentially a recap page in a lot of ways, but it, it, yeah. it, it, it functions, it works. Uh, but we go to Renee Montoya, who is frustrated. The city's on the brink of chaos. Uh, people need to be calmed down. And Batman pulls his, you know, well, his Batman entrance. He appears out of the shadows and basically forms a working relationship. You know, not that he's never worked with Montoya before, but this is maybe the first time since she's became commissioner where he's shown yeah. up like he would with Gordon. To, to Jim. Yeah. Um, I, I like spicy, uh, salty Commissioner Montoya. Dropping F-bombs you know? and all sorts. Yeah, like, because that, that just fits with the character that I know. And if she's not dressing up as a question, this is the version of her that I love uh, next. Yeah, so. I, I kind of like this. It's kind of a mission statement. It's kind of it, it sort of put forth at the end of this where Montoya says, you know, the only thing that's going to break out the city, out of this, like, state of fear is everyone to be united in the hope of something and mm-hmm. you know I, I i don't know exactly what that's going to be but you know given how often batman's went to the well of like oh the giant bat signal in the sky to show everyone that help is here or you get give someone a tether like, it feels it feels like there's well, something I, that's going to it's very on the nose however it's very on batman yeah and to play with the why do we fall right so sure. gotham's going to be in the state and there's only one way to go, and that's up. I find it interesting, though. That's kind of... She's, she's kind of hit the nail on the head of what the point, from Scarecrow's point of view, what Fear State mm-hmm. is, right? You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the it's kind of very Watchmen-esque, right? It's the common enemy uh-huh. to, to, you know, to fight hey. against. Uh, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see just how it's twisted to be something good instead. Well, no, I still think that Scarecrow has ulterior motives, and it's... He has, you know, Mad Hatter tech. Right, which allows control. So, sure. I'm sure it just doesn't end with the city pulling together. I'm sure this ends with him in control of Gotham City. Yeah, I mean, there's a know? lot of talk from him about wanting to like advance humanity through the, you know the sphere state, but there's not a lot of like what he actually expects or wants them no. to advance to precisely. Right. It's all very yeah. kind of open right now as to what what he's. I, I, I'm not saying to believe him. I'm just saying based yeah. off of the. No, the I know. that he presents. Right, kind of which, which I... talking about here in this scene. Which I do like when, when a villain is correct in their assumption, right? Like, it is that Ozymandias effect. 
it's just how they choose to go about it is not the best way. And that's what makes them the villain. So, you know, I, I do feel like Gotham's going to learn a lot about itself in, uh, in the best way. You know, I think a lot of, you know, back stories that I love and, you know, this is says Dark Knight even, uh, mm-hmm. maybe even all three of the movies, but uh, that's right. I said all three of the movies. There's no other Batman movies. I, don't, I will not hear of it. <laughs> Not until Matt Reeves you know, gets us out. still kinds of goes, right? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, Not boiling acid. It's boiling acid! So, yeah, like, like this idea of, like, having to inspire the city, that, you know, instill hope in the city, it, it, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's kind of, like, obviously played into Scarecrow's idea, and that Batman might be the thing that sort of pulls the city out of it, but ultimately, like, we can't avoid the fact that he's put the city in this state now. And it wants to drive them deeper and deeper, uh, right. and whatever. So, well, but and, like, and where does it end? Yeah, right? yeah, like, exactly. That's what Connor's original question is: is it, he can just keep setting up new fear states forever? Yeah, and, and it's like you know, he he assumes society will come out stronger on the other end. But if he creates something so terrifying that does cause so much damage, you know, maybe he'll just destroy everything. Maybe it'll just go away. Uh, so. You know, like, like there's a, a lot of potential and kind of the big uplifting moment maybe when, like, the city's spirits are raised later in this, this arc. Probably the last issue. Uh, maybe the cliffhanger with the second last issue before all the big fighting. It kind of depends on what the structure is, but... Uh, yeah. So, and Batman's grappling through the city. Uh, the, uh, the, the androids, the, the Peacekeeper androids show up and try to arrest them. So there's just some fun action of him dodging and kicking and he's he's kind of angry and because they're not people he's kind of getting to you know unleash a little bit uh yeah. t- tear tear limbs off things like that uh but he goes to ghostmaker and the the bulk of the rest of this issue is actually him whipping out his bat oculus rift which is actually main reading technology <laughs> it's, it's this, this is where it crosses into batman i don't like like <laughs> this this is the point where this issue i don't want to say it loses me a bit but it yeah. definitely is it's a little bit like yeah, it has that feeling of oh, let's just insert some backstory. Let's just kind of mm-hmm. here's a well, weird way of doing some exposition that we need for this story, but we don't have a better way of showing I, it. Right. I don't mind what is said with going back to you know, um, to Crane. Yeah, everything we see, everything student. we see in the, the the flashback essentially is fine. Yeah, it's, it's the delivery of the bat Oculus Rift, and of course, Ghostmaker was a student. That, the, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. Like he's oh, he was a student. He went and you know he buddied up with Crane and, and was learned all about yeah. this fear state like a decade ago, or however long it would have been, twenty years. Probably. Yeah, th- th- I think this 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 the back half of this issue will plug it down as the weakest thing in this arc. And it, probably it's it, it doesn't kill the arc by any means. You know, once no. we're past it, we'll, you know, we'll be fine because we're just in the story yeah, again. I, I still like what he says, and this is where we get the idea of you know the I, I do like the idea that basically Scarecrow has incepted Bruce with this fear thing that's unlike the toxin, right? Because anytime Bruce has encountered the fear toxin, there's always an antidote. But how do you have an antidote with something that was kind of psychologically put into your brain? Well, you have so, Ghostmaker go in and slice it with a sword. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that part of it, though. Uh-huh. But I do like the concept of, of Scarecrow evolving I in mean, that way. The, the, the two so, key things for me here is that one... I think this would have just been a nice flashback if we just had like an issue that mm-hmm. had like a couple, maybe I could split up so you have like kind of that structure of like cutting back to Scarecrow's like 
college mm-hmm. years and showing the genesis of this idea that he had right. way back at the start of his academic career. That that would be fine. And it's simpler, but sometimes simpler is better. Sometimes you overcomplicate yeah. things too much by having to give him this weird way of getting to the flashback. But obviously the one thing that Batman needs to learn, so because like, obviously the flashback itself doesn't give you Batman learning anything from it. Mm-hmm. The one thing he does have to learn is the idea that he's going to like focus all the fears through a central figure. Um, and the realization that that's going to be Peacekeeper One. It's going to be yeah. What's his face? What was his name? Uh, Murphy. What was it? Uh, Not Murphy. Mahoney. Mahoney. That's Mahoney. The one. Uh, and he's going to be like this figure who's like just causing fear in the city and like be kind of the the catalyst for all of it. Um, because I I think my assumption when he started talking is that he meant him himself. Like it was going to be Scarecrow was going to be the the, the central figure, or, but he's not. Yeah, at first I thought he meant Saint. Which I still mm. think might end up being the... Oh, Sane comes out of this, I mean, I don't know if it's this issue specifically, or one of the other Fear State books this week, but Sane came out of this week looking like a little weasel who's shitting himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, which again, I love because he's the tech dude. He's not the... He's the idea guy. He's not the guy that gets his hands dirty. And now he's having to get his hands dirty and he doesn't have the constitution for it. Yeah, I, I actually kind of... Obviously, like... Scarecrow's names get this kind of funny gimmicky thing from like an old age, but uh, I kind of like when he was explaining uh, why he calls a, uh, the the figure at the center of his fear state the Scarecrow. I actually kind of mm-hmm. like that because it, it is kind of like on a large scale, it is kind of the same purpose as a Scarecrow, just not for crows. So right. it was it was kind of like a workaround to just kind of like, oh, this name makes a lot of sense. I actually, I really appreciate the dialogue in that where the double the double layer of referring to a straw man. Right. And then, yeah. call, you know, following up with Scarecrow, which is obviously not what straw man means, in the, but, you know, the idea that they are often made from straw. And, yeah, it was just a fun little, little just just clever little writing that just made me smirk. Yeah, I think, so obviously we don't like the fact that Ghostmaker happened to know him or meet him for a week back in the mm-hmm. past, but I actually think everything Scarecrow says in his flashback is all fine, like, early Scarecrow stuff that kind of helps add just a little bit of just a little bit of a layer to his origin, a little bit of a like, mm-hmm. oh, that that's kind of where the name came from, and it kind of makes, yeah. logically it makes sense that he called that that figure in his theory a scarecrow, so when he became someone who tried to inspire mm-hmm. fear, he would take that name himself. It was already something in his head. Like, it, 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 feel, it feels like a natural progression. This is the opposite of, oh, you're on your own? We'll call you Solo, right? This is this is <laughs> one that feels like it makes sense, where it's like, yep. oh, this, this works. As much as I love that movie, I can't defend that I, line. That is so. the one line in that movie that I despise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, so, somehow, Solo returned. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, don't bring that back. Oh, not doing it again. <laughs> uh, those, those are the key things of the flashback. So I, I like the I liked Scarecrow's character stuff in the flashback. It was just the Ghostmaker connection to it, which was yeah, yeah, you know, a bit of an issue. It's kind of Ghostmaker in a nutshell, really. It's kind of how we felt for a long time with his character, and this is just another example of he's, it. He's just he's in, his whole character is wrapped up in being retconned into Bruce's past. And now he's retconned into Scarecrow's past. <laughs> yeah, I... He's exposition maker. And don't get me wrong, right? there's a lot more room for like the villains to have people retconned into their past because we don't mm-hmm. spend as much time with them. So th- yeah, it's fine. Like, Scarecrow knew someone at college and they, just, c- they pop up it, now, it fine. It would be more forgivable if it wasn't Ghostmaker, who we'd right? just done this yeah. exact thing with Bruce Which, with. 
I just don't like Ghostmaker because he's everything I hate about Batman. And I don't know if that's on purpose. Yeah, like well, yeah. in some ways, I think it is in the idea that yeah. he is, you know, he's Batman without the conscience. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of just been as simple as oh, they track down someone that worked with Scarecrow in college and has went into hiding because he's just been kind of a wreck since. So Batman goes and talks to him, and that's how we get to the flashback. It's just this guy telling the story of sort of mm-hmm. how Jonathan Crane freaked him out when he was in college, like. Again, like telepathy tech and ghost maker. <laughs> Again, some, sometimes the simpler option's the best. I, I did like the last scene though, when it so when Batman has this realization that Peacemaker One is going to be this like catalyst, the central straw man, if you will. Yeah. Uh, we cut to because remember last issue we had that great cliffhanger where he's like out of it and he sees a bunch of regular people, but he thinks they're all monsters, so he right. kills and- them. We. <laughs> We we come to the aftermath of this where he's like looking at just all these dead bodies after and he's got blood on his blade. I love Scarecrow just up on the roof, just looking down yep. at it all in the rain. Ah, oh, mm. gorgeous. Yeah, uh, really nice. And we had the cliffhanger last time of uh, Peacekeeper X, who shows up here. So we just have this cliffhanger here where this conflict's about to hit off. Um and Scarecrow is just uh flipping a little switch, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's triggering something, presumably mm. in, in Mahoney. Yeah, uh, and I actually thought it was really creepy. Like the idea that all these dead boys are lying around. He's just effectively committed a mass shooting of some kind. Maybe not all the guns, but uh, and right. he's and he's yelling, "No, I'm the hero. I'm the effing hero." There's something really deranged about and him he, streaming he that looks after doing this. Deranged, well, like, uh, him and his yeah. art in this. This yeah, whole yeah. issue is fantastic. This is some of his yeah. best work, frankly. Uh, it's incredible. But like yeah. you know, that look of him at the end there is is so Pretty good. Tops. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's probably going to be the weakest issue of the arc because of the, the middle exposition dump and how it's portrayed. It's, it's a very common thing in, in you know, direct market comics, you know, yeah. in the middle of your six-issue arc to have, oh, there's there's the exposition dump in the middle that you've just got to get through. Right. The only thing I've got hope for is that this is only technically part two of this arc. It feels a bit longer because obviously we had, like, the the alpha issue as yeah. well. And plus we've been building to it for so long that yeah. it's... But yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, we got out of the way early, so to speak. Yeah, it feels that that may be the case. Yeah. Hopefully it is. Um, so that, that's kind of a cliffhanger. Uh, but I really like the ending. I like the stuff with Montoya. I like, you know, and I, I like the, I like kind of the information we got from the flashback. It just, it was just the, the, the method of it. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's stuff that I don't like about Batman in one spot. So, and when he got that VR headset out, I went, oh, come on, Tynan. Mm-hmm. Like... You know, like, and then talking about, oh, we don't have time to call Martian Manhunter. I'm okay really? with, like, bat logos and a lot of things. I don't really get why you put a bat logo on this, though. Branding. But, exactly. But no one else is going to see it, though. This is something you'd use in private. Like, like I get I the branding. I think it says a lot about Bruce as a person. Okay. He feels the need to brand everything like this, even for it, it's just for him. Okay. Even down to his, even down to his sons, right? They're all branded. Uh, not with a hot iron, no. Just, just no. I don't heart. mean like that. Not, not like, <laughs> Maybe not all. Know, not like BVS way. Not, not the Allison know? Mac way. Oh boy, let's not. <laughs> that was a dark joke. I'm sorry. Oh, that, that was, was a dark joke. That like, <laughs> was just an acceptable level, and then Pete just went that, yeah. down. We go. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. a dark joke. Uh, I went across the line. There. Um. Yep. You know, she she was my favorite character on, on Smallville, and she got sentenced this week. And my wife has been very interested in that entire case. Goes, how does it make you feel? I'm like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. All right. I mean, it's not good. 
If, if I were her, I'd be questioning, you know, Matt's got a, a particular taste. Uh, am I Am I going to start doing something crazy soon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys don't know her like I do. She's already a little crazy. <laughs> That's why she married me. Can't be sane, you know? But, he makes yeah. a solid argument. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Connor, remind me when we're, when we're done. I have some questions about um, Taylor Swift for you that she wanted me to ask you, so... You know, so don't Taylor, let me forget. Taylor Swift asked you to ask Connor some questions about her. No, okay. no, my, my wife. <laughs> she's Taylor Swift. Uh, has some questions for Connor. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so yes, Matt's so wife, Taylor Swift, asks questions that yes. Connor needs to ask. Matt okay. wishes. Uh, Sometimes. <laughs> oh, I'm clipping that out and sending it to his wife. Uh, uh, she'll <laughs> be like, no, I wish that I could be with Taylor Swift. <laughs> my wife's weird when it comes to Taylor Swift, guys. Let me just tell you that. All right. Uh, so, I'd say a good issue overall, but definitely the weakest of the arc. Just probably, mm -hmm. at least I'm suspecting so. I, I, technically, it's only the second issue of the arc, but it doesn't feel like just a second issue uh, because of the the way the exposition is delivered. Um, Matt, what are you rating Batman? Um, I'm going to give this one, uh, man, I wish I could get in between a 7.5 and an 8, because that's where I feel. Um, I'll just, I'll give it the 8. Okay, Car. I'm going to give it a 7. And I do think I'm probably being generous there because the art is so good. I think if it was on just, you know, the, the narrative of the issue, it would probably be about six, but the art does just drag out a bit. Yeah, I think it's frustrating because everything around the exposition VR headset uh, and even just the messaging that's in the exposition is really good. It's just that that kind of does drag it down a bit. Uh, so I, I think I, I'm probably going to go with a 7 as well on this. So, uh, there you go. But I say that's very good, so... Uh, mm -hmm. I can play uh, Nightwing, issue 84, Tom Taylor writing. And uh, as we also see with Catwoman uh, later, uh, we have a fill-in artist for the Fear State tie-up, which is fine, gives the regular artist a break, and it is kind of a separate thing, so it doesn't feel mm -hmm. as distracting to, to jump to a different artist. Um, so... Uh, I want Joe. I need to say this right. Tom Taylor needs to stop making me tear up reading Nightwing issues. And what got me about this one is that this one kind of just hit me. I know there was no build up to it. There was no emotional. I know scene. the exact panel you're on about. It just hit me. It was like a sniper shot. It just hit me like a like a it, snipe. Is it is it that one panel of Batman in the bottom right of a page? It is. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just out of nowhere. Like, I was the same. Where I was like, oh no, you know, this issue like Tom Taylor's weakest issue in Nightwing yet. It's it's good. It's solid. It's very much an event tie-in rather than an yeah, item issue. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is good. This is good, but it's not going to give me the same feelings that I get from Nightwing. And, and then I get to that one power. I'm like, God damn it, Tom Taylor. Because <laughs> he knows what makes us tick. He does know what makes us tick. It's really quite right. And I, I, you know, I kind of agree. I'm not mad that this is because sometimes when things tie into an event, it, it, it can be frustrating. But DC has been pretty good in not having this happen often. And I think when you're enjoying the event, and it's a core group of characters who all do interact a lot, like the Bat family do. Uh, this does make the event feel bigger, and it's nice to kind of have his inclusion in it. So, mm -hmm. um, even if it is not as good as the regular run, it's not. But I, you know, I, I like how self-aware it is with the Dick going. You know, I just announced I'm going to take care of Blue Haven, uh, but I have to go over to Gotham because you know th that's my home too. And so I, I do like that it's kind of self-aware in that way. Okay, uh, we're going to uh, take a break yeah, for a I, second I, so I can go help over here. 
Yeah, I kind of dig. I mean, Catwoman does this more so. I think Catwoman, while still feeling like a, a Fear State tie-in, feels more like it's unskippable because there's still some reactions to the mm-hmm. last issue of Catwoman that feel very important to the overall story yep. uh, in that issue. Uh, this He does reference what's going on, but for the most part, you could just sort of not put this in the trade and it would work. I would mm-hmm. agree as of right now, but this also does say it's Fear State tie-in one of three. True. Yeah, so true. by the time you get the three parts maybe it'll be more relevant to, to Dick's character I mean, at the end of this as to, you know, his commitment to Bloodhaven, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that could absolutely be true. And, you know, and that wasn't a complaint either. I, I like that it does reference at least what's going on. It doesn't feel like it's so disconnected. You know, it's like, no, this is still the world he's from. It, it kinda, it's kind of nice that it's not a different writer. It's nice that Taylor is the one, and the same with Ram V and Catwoman. It's like, okay, the character has to take a break to be a part of this crisis that's going on in Gotham. So the writers who are writing those characters and their stories also have to take a break from their story to tie into... And it can happen too often and stuff, but when it's done well, it kind of, like, the the real-world craft all mirrors what's going on in the world, and that can kind of make it interesting. Yeah, uh, what, what so. I liked about Catwoman, though, is that Ram V's been seeding that aspect of Fear State through the last couple issues, you know? Yeah, hard is taking more of, of Alley Town. Yeah, so more, it doesn't feel that much of a digression like this one does. It's been more directly tied in with Catwoman, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I do like that. However, I do like how it shows how the writers are different in handling it, too. Yeah. So it doesn't... Because I remember when people used to complain about editorial and how everything ends up the same, and I don't feel that right now, and I don't know if it's the editorial shakeup. I don't know if it's, you know, just Fear State's almost a looser kind of event or what it is, but I do like seeing how different... Tom Taylor and Ram V handle. I think it's tying their books state as a as an event reminds me of something like No Man's Land, mm-hmm. in that it's a here's the status quo, right. just play with it in your book, right? right? It, it, as and, opposed to this is the story we're telling, right? And I, and I do like that in in here it deals with because we've had Oracle and Barbara as a character, and and I do like that this arc in Fear State deals with the Oracle issue that we've seen. Yeah, because if anything, Batman. I mean, Baz has been in Batman as well, but Baz has also mm-hmm. been our, uh, probably the, the closest to a second lead mm-hmm. that we've had in Nightwing. So it makes sense for that stuff to kind of tie in. Uh, before we get into the story, I mean, obviously it's not the same arc. It's not as, I wouldn't say it's as good as Redondo, but I still no, enjoyed this arc quite a there's, bit. There's a, a, a Dustin Wynn quality sometimes, like through the, huh? the motion. That at first I, I wasn't because it's not Redondo, right? And um, but then the more I kept reading, the more I was like, wow, this is the motion in this is what should be in a Nightwing comic. Yeah, it's pretty it's, solid. Yeah, it's very different in that Redondo. It's really clean, mm-hmm. you know, really strong line work. Whereas this is, it's scratchy. It's really heavy shading. Mm-hmm. I think if this wasn't set in Gotham, I would have very different feelings about that transition. Yeah. But because these issues are in Gotham, it feeling dirtier and it keeps the because uh, it's had a we've had this a few times in this book it's done the daredevil thing from the wade salmon they run where the you know there's a yeah. moment later on where he like he switches his baton into the mm-hmm. the window smashing mode yep. <laughs> right it does the close-up panels with the click and the, the split. And they've kept that in here yeah yeah so they've kept that consistently there so it still feels like it's part of the same uh through line the same you know language well, that was like speaking um, in. Sorrentino does a lot of those with the coloring where the background goes red and everything else is like kind of in silhouette. And for a while, I thought that was a Lemire thing until I read a Sorrentino Bendis book and it did the same thing. I know um, 
Sorrentino has a thing where even if he's not going to be the regular colorist, mm -hmm. he always colors the first issues of any project that he does so, himself so that he can set the template. That, so right. he can go, this is what I want it to look like to whatever colorist right, right. he ends up working with and, after. And so, you know, sometimes it is the artist that's doing that sometimes. So I feel like here, I don't know if this artist, you know, was like, okay, I can do something fun because that's what's been in the book or if Taylor writes that into the script. I, I suspect it was probably Redondo who came up with it and who mm -hmm. wanted to bring it into the book. And then, you know, when we've got guest artists, now it is baked into the the house style of this book, that's, so to speak. So even when it. he's playing in a different in a different style of art, it's still part of the format. So it'll be kind of, you've got to include these now. Right. Be in well, the and I do like how it's kind of tied to street level heroes. And to me, that's, Dick is the ultimate street level hero at DC, you know, even more so than Batman, because Batman, of course, has the all the different gadgets and stuff. But, you know, with Nightwing, it's usually him and his batons. So I, I do like when that shows up. And his butt cheeks, that's not that's good in the butt cheeks. I am, you know, you, you can talk about Dick's butt, right? But, you know, mm -hmm. well, uh, me and Connor will keep it about his baton, right? His one baton. As I said, his baton. I said what I said. Uh, there's a joke in I here. I think we have an yeah. episode title. Uh, 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 <laughs> I like we all just let that sit there for a second as well. Like, just gonna leave that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. okay. don't, don't neglect the the ninja balls. Oh, dude, you took it too far. You killed it. What? Well, yeah, what? What'd you call those? The bolos. The bolos. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it ruined the joke because I couldn't remember the actual name. I just yeah, call them balls. You call them ninja balls, Pete. Don't they get? No, don't neglect the bolas. See, that'd have been so funny. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Great, the bolas. Arrest them. <laughs> uh, all right. So basically, he recaps what's going on a little bit, and then you know, screech, screech, screech. His earpiece goes off, and the fake oracle that we know is broadcasting in Batman try to spread fear. Is saying Batman's dead. Is saying a bunch of stuff. Uh, but mainly, actually sends a direct message to Nightwing saying to be uh, in Crime Alley uh, at whatever time. So it's like, oh shit. I actually like at this point as well, we don't know if it's the fake Oracle or the real one because it's, mm. you know, oh, com communications are potentially compromised. Come meet us here at this time. So yeah, it could yeah. be It could be Babs. And right. I think we're, because we're, we're all thinking it as well, we all know that they are compromised, you know, if you're reading Fear State. Mm -hmm. uh, um. So I, I'll be honest though, like so I said, there's an emotional panel later. Uh, this also may have the funniest panel of the week, which is when Dick goes to his neighbor and says, "Hey, can you look after my dog? Can you look after Haley for a night." And there's a little joke here where the, the the dog's already gone because there's two kids and they love playing with the dog, and the the mum says something to the effect of, "Yeah, I'm sure the dog will fare better than the goldfish." And Dick says, "What happened to the goldfish?" And the panel of the little boy who looks up, looking like the most evil piece of shit in the world, and just says, what it deserved. Broke me. I was yeah, pissing it's, myself it, It's hilarious. This. That combined with the just the, the door slam after, <laughs> and him just going, what? what the hell have I just done? Yeah. Uh, are we talking about the dog's name? Haley? Like, I know it was a fan yeah. thing. Yeah. Definitely named after the circus, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't make that connection until this issue, and it just clicked. <laughs> What's what? I was like, yeah, that's a weird name for the dog. And then I was like, oh yeah, that's the name of the circus that he came from. Hmm. Oh man. 
Oh, I saw right. a fan of uh, Barkwing or Bitewing or whatever. Bitewing. Bitewing. I think I think Taylor still refers to him as Bitewing, as like mm-hmm. that's the nickname still. Like it's not the official name, but it's, it's what he calls him on tour. Oh, you don't do Grayson as two names. Why not the dog? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I just, Taylor the Bitewing. That exchange. What happened to the goldfish? Yeah. What it deserved. <laughs> kids, kids are terrible. Like, what did the goldfish do to you <laughs> to piss you off this much? We had a guy to work last week, and he goes, can I get a cup of water, please? And we were like, yeah, sure. And he goes, oh, it's, it's sorry, it's just for my goldfish. And he just pulls up this bag with a goldfish in. <laughs> He's got a gold for goldfish. I am convinced Connor doesn't work at McDonald's. He works at some, like, cross... <laughs> yeah. Nexus of realities that happens to look like a McDonald's. <laughs> Some weird shit happens. Like, who comes in and goes, Oh, I just did a couple more. It's for my goldfish. And he just carries that in. That that's a comedy bit out of a movie. That's like I, a Zach Galifianakis bit. Yeah, I've never I've never happened. seen a real person have a, a bag with a goldfish. That's always it's always that's a Mr. Bean scene. Mr. Yeah. Bean walks around with a bag with a goldfish I, in it. I promise you, on my life, this happened. Like I? Last week, week before. Connor, I believe you. Hey, I'm just saying. Connor, that. Connor, whenever you say you're going to swear something in your life, I'm willing to roll the dice every time, okay? Every <laughs> time. <laughs> and it's all, it's it's more like you're flipping the coin, Pete, because like, you want you want the best odds. Right. Uh, you know what? If this is XCOM and the shot's like a 5% chance. Take it anyway. I'm taking it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't fair. get that reference, but we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so Nightwing goes to Gotham, uh, and at this point as well, the magistrate have got these like UFO looking things in the sky that are like shining lights down upon the city and yeah. all, super drones. Yeah, dictatorship, all that stuff. Um, and Dick gets to the alleyway, and of course, pretty quickly, he's like, maybe this is the trap, and sure enough, uh. All these, all the androids and stuff from the magistrate show up. Uh, heads start to crack. Um, uh, but luckily, Batman shows up. Uh, mm-hmm. Although, as he points out, he didn't really need his help, but uh, like he's going to come anyway. Uh, so, and I, I like the the narration here. Uh, Dick talks about how immediately they just go into their old floor. Like it's just like nothing. It's just it's like you know it's uh. It's dynamic like duo. Mus- muscle memory. It's just like okay, but it's Batman and Robin again. They, so. they spend years fighting like this. They they know mm-hmm. what they're doing. Yeah. So, uh, really nice stuff. We we get the the window breaking thing. They have to run away. They can't they can't go up to the rooftops because all the drones. They can't go and you know. No, I love that they tell the people oh, we're gonna pay for that window. And then I was like, wait, do they just keep a, a memory of what window broke in which apartment? Probably. Br- Bruce you know, will probably like- just like drop off an envelope. Uh, yeah. With like, you know, I love how it's after they've run through like the wall into someone's yeah, bedroom. I know. And like, Sorry about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, pay, we'll pay for the uh, wall too. We'll, we'll... Yeah. <laughs> um. So. So thin walls in Gotham, hey? Yeah. yeah. Apparently. Uh, well, it is. You got to remember, they're in Crime Alley, which is now called Park Row because it's been, you know, uh, well, no, no, gentrified. As, as Dick points out. Technically, it's still referred to as Crime Alley, and he theories that if they called it Lawful Lane, it might not attract as much crime. <laughs> right. Um, but I was just going to make a like justification. Arguing for gentrification here. I'm not arguing for. I'm saying it's cheap, so that's why the walls are so thin. They're trying to make a profit as quick as possible. It was the point I was going to make. Okay. You know? Okay. Uh, so they end up in the service because it's safe for you to travel down there. 
And Batman explains that Oracle's at the clock tower, the Oracle that's communicating is fake. Um, and Joe, you know I like is because one of the plot points in some of the other stories, uh, both in Batman with some characters and in Catwoman, is that some people like hear her and immediately are like, "That's not the real Oracle. There's no way this is the real Oracle spreading these these things." But Dick doesn't have that, and it's not because he's he's too dumb or whatever. It's because he doesn't hear the general spread of information. He doesn't hear that Batman is dead, and there's no hope. Everyone be scared. He hasn't seen any of that. Yeah. He just got one encrypted message. Uh, but he explains that Babs is at the clock tower, so go and you know help her. Um, and then Dick tries to thank him for helping. Uh, he, he didn't really need like, to, but yeah. And Bruce is like, yeah, you could have handled it. He's like, yeah, but still appreciate. And then, out of nowhere, Batman just drops this. I watched my parents die in that alley. I wasn't going to let that happen to my son. And I'm like, damn it, Taylor! It's, just, it's so what? out of nowhere. And I'm like, damn it. Why? Feelings. It's, 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 it's too much. It's too much. Uh, so, there goes the clock tower. Speaks to Babs. Um, whoever's doing this, they have to go shut down this fake oracle. And she's like, yeah, I'm not staying here. I'm coming she with. Whips out a brand new Batgirl suit. Yeah, it's kind of... not that dissimilar to the last one. It's kind of like a mix of the last one. It's got the colours of the Burnside outfit, but it's... Yep. Know, the so ears that... look weird. And I don't know if that's artistic art it's interpretation. Just, I think it's just a bit longer than you're expecting. That's uh, yeah. Quite yeah. straight, but I mean, yeah, it looks fine. It's a bit of a mix and match. Hey, you know what? I'm okay with this being a, a Nightwing and Batgirl book for a few issues. Me too. Because the lack of, I know, I know, we're getting the Batgirl's book, but that's that's not gonna be Barbara's book, right? That's that's gonna be like she'll she's be gonna there. be there, but she's not gonna be no in the field as Batgirl that often. No, so so, so if, if Nightwing's gonna be the co-lead, and it's you know it's Nightwing and Oracle, cool. I'm I'm more than okay with that. I feel like it's we're not too far away from the same way that like Green Arrow started being treated as well. It's a Green Arrow and Black Canary book, yeah. really, just mm. without the title and. Maybe this like, is it's a Nightwing and an Oracle or Nightwing. Like, and like if, if call it. Taylor decided to do an arc where, you know, Dick can't be Nightwing anymore, you know, for that whatever that arc is, right? He's too busy with, it's called with Rick the Grayson. Pennyworth. Yeah, no, no, let's not put that out there. He he's busy with the Pennyworth Foundation and stuff, and it's just Babs doing stuff. I, I, and and it's so called Blood Nightwing as, a, as the vigilante for an issue. I, yeah, or an arc, you know, or six. Yeah. yeah, I would be okay with that. Yeah, that was a great issue. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a tie-in to, to an event, but it's a very strong tie-in to an event with good character work and nice mm -hmm. action and uh, pretty much enjoyable art. There's nice silhouette stuff when he's in the alleyway. Uh, Batman's entrance looks quite, you know, like obviously it's done all the time, but mm -hmm. Batman can have a good entrance in a comic. It's, it's, it's not hard to I mess do, up. As cranky as I get about Batman, I do love when he jumps down and and does the whole Batman thing. Yeah. You know, because there is a presence to him there. Yeah, and I even like, you know, there's like a shadow, and Dick actually refers mm -hmm. to it as, that's, that's the shadow of a bat, and, you know, yep. then you see him coming down. You know, it's, it's a nice moment. Uh, it's fun stuff. Uh, Matt, what are you giving Nightwing? I'm going to give this an 8.5. Connor? I'm going to give it an 8. I think it's really good. I I think I'm going to go with the 8 as well. I'll go with the straight. Uh, very good, very good time stuff. Making Fear State feel... Nice and big. Speaking of, Catwoman issue thirty-five. Ram V writing with Nina Vekova on the art. Uh, Which, before we jump into, do have an update. 
on what? Oh, on on the news that we were talking okay. about earlier. Um, oh, 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 oh! This is related to Ram V. Perfect. It is. Timing. Ram V is indeed leaving Catwoman. Oh, I knew I heard something. So it was in his newsletter, which I hadn't read yet because I had a bit, uh, very busy week. There you go. Um, basically, he the the, sh- the short version is he had his first kid like a few months ago, so uh-huh. has not got a lot of time. So he kind of went to DC editorial, and he is leaving Catwoman and Justice League Dark uh, by the end of the year. So by okay, December. so. I just had a very exciting because that just means I don't have to read Bendis Justice League. <laughs> However, free, that means I also don't You're get free. Justice League Dark in my life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, well, I mean, when you combine also, that then with him promising that he's teasing future DC projects, he, right. he tells us that, well, oh. he doesn't tell us the name, but he's got a project. Uh, he's got a project, you know, how they give him like different nicknames. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Project Pressure is a DC book that's to be announced. And okay. he says season two of Swamp Thing is coming. More, oh, more news. Well, you know, like, as much as I would love his Catwoman and stuff to keep going, like as long as he's got more projects coming, I'm happy. I, I just want more yeah. Ram V books. Like, we've he... got one more. So we're kind of losing two in the sense that we're losing Justice League Dark and Catwoman, mm-hmm. but we're gaining a new one, and we are guaranteed a, a season no, two or something. Okay. And I can always get behind a, a creative wanting, you know, to have more time with with family stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, not just working themselves. Yeah. Take, take no wee so, break. He's just had a kid, but yeah. just you come back, write some more. Well, even even if he was like, guys, I need a break. I'd be like, okay, you just you know, as long as we know more stuff's coming, that that's really for me. Yeah, like Pete said. Okay. But, um, yeah. So yeah, this is your Catwoman, which does have more direct ties to what's going on because we have the aftermath of uh, Hadley mm-hmm. being killed and. Right. Uh, that was yeah. pretty emotional too, because yeah. Selena's like, that was meant for me, you know. Um Yeah. Well no, to- no, it was meant for her sister to be Right, but she also surmises that he knew I was gonna not let that happen. Yeah, yeah she was you know, meant for my sister, but I was meant to watch or even die trying to stop it. So right. you know, kinda meant for her in one way. Yeah, right. but yeah, you, know, you feel the weight of this aftermath of her walking out of the shadow and kind of confronting the, the cop who's there. Um and talking about how they, they tried to find a valet from the explosion, but they couldn't. And I actually, I love as he says that, there's just that panel of him clearly disguised as a firefighter, uh, leaving the yeah. crime scene. I just I love is that it, little is touch. That, is that pulling the Hannibal Lecter? Or is there a better comp? I, I don't know if I'd call it that, but I can see why you'd call it that. Yeah. It's, it's not wrong, but it wouldn't yeah. be like your, how I'd describe it. Yeah. So it's not really an Ocean's Eleven either. Because it, it's not, it's not, because Hannibal Lecter also has the element of, you know, skin on the face. Right, uh, right. <laughs> I'm just saying, he escaped in a, in a, you know, uniform that yeah. didn't belong to him. So, I mean, honestly, my I mean, first thought would be Hitman. But, according yeah. to, uh, <laughs> according to Halloween Resurrections, Michael Myers has even done that, so. Uh, does he? Oh. He does. Yeah, it's how, <laughs> it's how it retcons something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I, God, I'm scared for that franchise now. <laughs> when, you said, when you said Resurrection, I went to Kills because of the fire. Oh, no, no, Because no, no, of no. the trailer. And and then it, it, it dawned on me what you meant, and yes. Uh-huh, yes. So, yeah. um, uh, so Catwoman's sister's leaving. Uh, she, she's going, it, because it's not safe, but she also feels like anyone who gets close to Selena uh, gets burned, as she puts it. 
And there's an, I actually really like this. There's a, a little sort of quick flashback as she's like saying this. Uh, we see, you know, of Selena and Bruce on the roof from earlier in the arc. And it's this idea that Bruce did technically get burned in the sense that you know, the wedding was a kind of a <laughs> kind of a burning point. But other than that, he is the one person who kind of gets close to her and is able to kind of withstand all of the shit that comes with her so life. I, I, I suspect this is kind of, sort of mm. planting the thought in her brain of, oh, but what if in the future? What if yeah. I ruin it for him? You know, what if I you know, hurt him because of that? Yeah, it's given her self-doubt and all the rest of it and insecurities. Uh, and then, of course, from here, like the all the future state stuff really kicks in, which is all the drones. Because keep in mind, Alleytown is in Gotham. It's not like this is not Brilbudhaven where we're, you know, out of the right. city. Yeah. And and the drones have been buzzing by because, you know, Saint wanted to make an example out of Alleytown first. So they've they've had a presence before this even bigger fear state presence. Yeah. Which 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 I like because, you know, Catwoman's little group kinda knows how to deal with it. And I and I like that vibe and that it even matches the future state story. A little bit. And, and I mean, that's know. and that's her group of teens that she's been training. But mm-hmm. I mean, even without them, there's also this weird anti-hero squad that t- we saw for the first yeah. time uh, the last issue or two. Yeah, uh, which the, the is monsters. Yeah, Croc, Clayface, Knockout, Cheshire, and Firefly. I'm glad they told me who Knockout was because that, that was the yes. one that I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I you, you went over this. You know, she's yeah. that first time that they showed up. We were like, who, who's she again? Um, yeah. But sure, she's just there. Is this? Is this like some sort of Silver Age poison ivy? Is there, is there another one? <laughs> like, no, what's she's going super on? strong and tall. That, that's yeah. her gimmick. I don't know. I was she's just... not that tall. Traditionally, she's supposed to be. Like, so. Mm. Just saying. In Matt's dreams, is what I'm hearing. Yes. Maybe. Yes. By Alda's dreams. A, a t- tall redhead, yes. Matt's got a bit of a type. Okay. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, so so you know, Clayface gives this speech, and I kind of like the idea that Clayface is giving the pep talk about going out and doing some good, mm-hmm. because he's the one who actually spent time in a bad team. So this idea right. that he's kind of like almost out of this group by default, he's the one with the most kind of like sense of right and like hero experience. It's, mm-hmm. just, a, it's a nice little touch. I, I don't know if like Ram V's directly doing that because of that Detective Comics run, but I'd like I to think, think so. he is. Yeah. So quick, because it's a quick page of them like fighting. Uh, drones and robots and whatnot. Uh, uh, Catwoman's friend Leo is out the hospital. He's got in his crutches. I'm glad they mentioned his name because I would not have known who this was. Yeah, I forgot. I, I like I knew who he was, but I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, I mean, this is something we've talked about in the past yeah. with good comics. Well, even issues into a run will remind you of the names when they first show up. I even appreciate the light ring puts his name in bold that yeah. first time, just to you know make sure that oh this is who it is. You know, make sure you catch it and don't because just you know, glance over it. There's a second. I'm like, is this meant to be Hadley? Is Hadley not dead? What, what's going on? <laughs> is this a twist? But no, it's just it's, it's Leo. Uh, so yeah, but she, she's in an emotional place. Um, uh, he gives her a bit of a pep talk, saying that she has to get out there. Uh, and then the oracle shit happens. And then the oracle shit happens. And Selena immediately is like, yeah, this is this is bullshit. This isn't really her. Uh, but it's like, well, she seems Batman's dead, though. I kind of have to go check. I kind of have to go and help and figure out, right? Uh, and she feels bad about it. But Leo's like, look, you've trained these people, these kids. They know what they're doing. You've put them in a good place to defend themselves. They're not going to blame you. Uh, so she rides off on her bike uh, and... It feels like she might be like leaving Alley Town at the moment, and she's at least trying to. But we cut away mm-hmm. uh, to Riddler and Penguin, and Penguin is just like, you know, we can capitalize all this magistrate shit going on. This fear state bollocks. We we can, you know, if this, if this all happens and the magistrate yeah. take control, like 
whoever has the docks can make a We're lot of coin. Make money. And, and they're going, but they're saying Batman's dead. And he's like, yeah, oh yeah, when's he ever dead? Uh -huh. When does he not come back? And like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but while he's sort of dead, we can make our move. Yeah. While he's not paying attention to us and paying attention to Saint. Yeah, I do kind of like this camaraderie amongst the villains. Just the whole phone call. It's it's from, weird seeing Penguin Oswald. with a little headset. Yeah. <laughs> like on a Zoom call, just a little headset. It's so strange. Times have changed. You know, there was, there was a time where if someone wore a headset and was sitting on a computer, it meant they were a complete computer mm -hmm. genius in a comic, uh, you know, like 20 years ago. Now everyone mm -hmm. sits and does Skype and Zoom calls. and Now you ain't special. You're just a zombie. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, uh, and they also talk a little bit about poison ivy and how the poison ivy down below is kind of kind of weird. Obviously, this this is the more uh, docile one. This is not the uh, the the you know the what was the other one called? Not Queen Ivy. Not Queen Ivy. Yes, yeah, is the this is the timid one. Uh, but Selena gets attacked by drones when she's on her bike, uh, and she gets surrounded by magistrate troops. Uh, or a great little action sequence of her, you know, with the whip and running here. Mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. love that double page. Well, I love that she runs into the alley and sort of says, you know, when you get cornered here, you know, it's alley town. There's a surprise waiting around everyone, and it's uh, shoes jumps down, um, yep. and helps. So I really like that sequence. So that's this full page because yeah. it's like her, the secret. You know, it's like she's at the fire escape at the top, then she just sort of bounces off the wall, and there's a sort of parkour kind of. I really like her, her Cheshire esque mask as well. Obviously, very intentional. Yeah, yeah. Really, really tying it together, especially in this issue. Yeah. Uh, so, nice stuff. Yeah, I can tell you to tease that. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're trying to shut down Alley Town. And I actually, like, if I, if I have a complaint about this issue, is that I, pacing wise, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't feel like it was about to end. And I turned the page and was like, oh, the, the mm -hmm. next time text is at the bottom. Oh. Is that just because it went in faster? I guess maybe. I, I, I guess that's kind of an ebb and flow to a comic. And I guess I, I guess because because all the tie-ins are starting now, and because they're all kind of effectively ending on shit's about to go down cliffhangers. I guess mm -hmm. getting that again after reading Nightwing, it was kind of like oh, okay, okay, well, okay. I guess we're at the end. I wonder if because I read this before Nightwing, mm. so mm -hmm. maybe because I, I I'd say I probably enjoyed this slightly more in the sense that. Maybe this was a bit fresher for me in, in that way that, that you didn't have. And then maybe, maybe Nightwing was like fresher for you. Yeah. Uh, but as worth mentioning, Oracle does get out a communication on like, just a, basically an old radio signal, old school. And uh, I, I like the effect of it cutting in and out, you know, the old sort of thing mm -hmm. they put in the, in the lettering yeah. here. It basically just sort of given everyone, like, Batman's not dead. Uh, the Oracle voice is, you know, it's compromised. Don't trust anything but this feed. Um, you know, if you're in Alley Town, they're coming for you. There's a large, you know, when we see trucks and tanks and whatever on mm -hmm. their way. So, yeah, it really sets up that there's some big stuff going down. Um, and it teases someone in particular in one of the trucks as well. I don't know if I recognize. No, I, I, you can see the arms. Yeah. But um, I think that's, uh, it's what's the name who could phase in and out? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so I'm completely blanking on the name, uh, but it, it's her who was in that compilation. I call her not Ghost from uh, Ant Man and Wasp. Yeah, yeah there the you one. go. Baba Yaga. So it says next time a gardener, a clown, and a witch walk into Alley Town, uh, and it does end with a, a panel uh, of of Harley and the gardener who mm -hmm. weren't really in this issue, but uh, were in some of the pages in Batman. So again, it's 
Yeah. Kind of nice. That's that's a name. White Witch. White Witch. There oh, there you go. go. Uh, so, yeah, maybe some fun action next issue then. Uh, again, another good tie issue. Uh, is it as good as the regular run issues? No, but it's a really solid tie in. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's betraying anything, and it does feel more ingrained into what the story was doing uh, than Nightwing did. So, uh, and the art is, art's good. Again, it's like it's not as good as the regular art because uh, maybe that's just partly because we're so used to what that regular art is and what this book's mm-hmm. supposed to look like. I think it's interesting because obviously we know uh, the regular art being Fernando Blanco is done with the book, isn't isn't coming back on any mm. of these. You know what? No way now are the the final handful of issues. So I, I don't think it's fair to call this a fill-in anymore, but uh, it still to... works with this style. Uh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. is there, are we getting any issues after the Fear State tie-ins then? There... I don't know, there might be one, but mm-hmm. I know, you know he was saying that uh, Fear State, you know, this would kind of be the, the climax of his run, because it, it felt like a natural ending mm-hmm. point. So there might be like sense. an epilogue issue, but nothing after that, I'd have thought. Yeah, maybe like an epilogue issue afterwards to wrap everything up. Not yeah, probably. that'll be a Mozart, I think. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well... Cool. Well, hopefully it all, it all clicks together. Um, mm-hmm. Especially as, like I say, you know, as, as tie-in issues go, this still feels pretty beholden to the main run in that you know, we're still dealing with all the fallout of the stuff that's yeah, been going I mean, on. It's not just dropped everything and gone right fear state like often tie-ins do. I mean, presumably we still have to have a big Father Valley kind of conclusion of some kind. You would think... Yeah. That or they really want to leave that as you know he he might want to leave that as something for, for the oh, next another writer yeah he could it could be a breadcrumb now because he does have ties to you know he failed and Jean-Paul. he escaped so it right. I mean for. I hate to compare it to this because I'd be I'd be happy if this happened but maybe this is something where he will use Father Valley in another book at some point you know interacting with another character because now now the Selena job is is you know kaput you know didn't work mm-hmm. out um. You know, maybe maybe he gets you know Valley Father Valley gets a job to assassinate someone else, and that feeds into another conflict. It's possible, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe some someone will keep playing with. Uh, yeah, that, that was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because obviously initially there's that weird disappointment of, uh, oh, it's not Blanco, and oh, I've never heard of this person. But then as I'm looking yeah. at it, I'm like, oh, this, these action pages are really nice, and you know, shoes jumping down from the fire escape looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I had a, had a fun and, time. You still got uh, Belair doing the colors that were all, like tied yeah. together, and you know those those flat colors that this book's had. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes it feel pretty consistent, even if it is it a little bit different. Still feels that uh, you know, Blanco had the clean lines, but it felt very gritty, kind of in that way that Sean Phillips does. Yeah, uh, and then the colors kind of give it that uh, like a bit of a noir feeling to it. Yeah, and so this, you know. A little bit different, but still in the neighborhood of that grittiness. This one's a little bit more sketch-like than clean, but it still works. But I think yeah. you're right with the colors. The colors really do some of the heavy lifting there. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt, what are you giving Catwoman? Uh, I'm going to give this a... Say, I did like it a little bit more than Nightwing. So I'll give it a 9. Ooh, Connor? Uh, 8.5. Uh, probably straight eight for me, I think, on this one. Cool. Batman Secret Files Miracle Molly issue one. James Tay in the fourth, writing with Danny on art. And this is an oversized issue, uh, one shot. 
Uh, and it's it's basically Miracle Molly, Molly's origin story. Um, yeah. That's what it is. I didn't know if I was going to read this or not. And then Tynan mentioned in, in his newsletter last week that we that this is one of his favorite single issues that he's ever written. Hmm. And I was like, that's interesting. I'll probably check it out. Yeah, so it starts off in present day where Miracle Molly and some of the other Insanity Collective are, are breaking into an apartment to steal something. Um, and when he gets there, there's like a sort of uh, an older couple and a, and a, and a guy who's like their son. Uh, and he's like, I recognize that voice. And that kind of spurs us into the the origin, right? And who this is. And this is actually her husband. <laughs> she, she was married before all this. Uh, and her name wasn't even Mo- Molly. It was, uh, was it Mary? I think it was. Mary. Yeah. Uh, and effectively what this story is, uh, and I, I quite dug this, is it's like she's, she's got this job. She's not quite getting that promotion. She's at this tech company. She's got all these ideas how to advance, but no one, you know, they treat her like a secretary. They don't treat her like someone who actually gets to th- submit ideas and and that kind of thing. Uh, but that's what she wants to do. And she's up all night on the computer. She's working hard. She's trying to fit into the system and succeed. And it's, and it's right. But her husband's getting more and more annoyed that she's not wanting to have kids. Her in-laws even are getting annoyed at her that she's not having kids. They kind of dismiss the fact that she wants to like have a career and rise in the ranks. Her boss belittles her and says, oh, it's nice you tried to submit ideas of that pink folder, but, uh, you know, just uh, make sure everything's done on time. And I think where it really shines is when it gets to the pages where it's just kind of showing her routine over and over again, and it's kind of the misery on her face as she's at dinner with her husband, she looks miserable during sex. Um, and she's it- got a couple like that do this. You've got, like, some that are just like the, the six panels. You've got some that are like the three strips going down. Mm-hmm. There's a, I think there's a gorgeous uh, double-page sequence of, of this sort of stuff. Yeah, especially once you start hearing um, the Unsanity Collective guy. Uh, what's, what's his face? Uh, Master Wise. Master Wise, yes. Um, and we hear kind of his the speech that he's giving online. This is what she's w- watching. She's hearing this more and more. And he's offering this thing where we you know we'll take away all your memories of the life that you've been kind of forced upon. And you'll, you'll just be the pure version of just you and whoever you're going to be. And that's kind of, and obviously that's what she eventually does at the end. But uh, there's some, you know, but yeah, there's that two-page spread where it's just over and over. You see these events playing out, and she's in this rut, she's in this loop. And there was a point where she's on the phone with her mother uh, when she's at work, and her mother gives her shit for not wanting kids and like, no, stop with this stupid job nonsense and wanting a career. Like, why don't you want this? Everyone wants this, and I think there's something super relatable about everyone saying you're supposed to want the same things that everyone else does and be satisfied with the exact same things. The same nuclear family, the same type of normal job that everyone else has, the same, you know. um, As someone who's always been a bit of a weirdo, this is a really relatable feeling to to get from a story. Yeah. Nerd. (laughs) I think just on top of the, the, the general relatableness, I think from... Tynan writing this, I think there is an element of him projecting this. You know, the the rut here is the, uh, you know, the work for hire, the the DC work that he has been clearly struggling with. Oh yeah, the, I can see like, that. You know, he's talked about that you know publicly that he's he's been struggling with that. You know, the routine he hasn't got the, the passion that he had for writing Batman that he did when he was writing Detective Comics. Doesn't he doesn't have that in him right now? But then, the you know, 
oh, you know, he can set himself free and then do, you know, something else it's entirely. Funny. And that's I, what I, she's getting at here. I think you could apply it to that right now and what he's going through, but you could probably also apply it to, I'm sure when he said to people he's going to try and make comics, I'm sure that was something that a lot of people who don't appreciate comics uh, looked down at. Or even if they do appreciate comics, I mean, pe- people appreciate movies, but if you tell someone, I'm going to try and have a career in movie making, they'll go, ah, oh, your head's in the clouds. Come down yeah. to earth and... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The only reason I say this now is him saying it's one of the favourite things he's ever written, the way that this is something he's written presumably quite recently, and is mm-hmm. that's where he is in his career right now. That's kind of what I'm linking it to. Although I'm sure I agree it is applicable to you know, various stages. Yeah, and also and, and to I mean, all of us. even his sexuality as well. Because, you know, he's not yeah. straight, yeah. so... It, like, it just does so all these I, things. Having not read this issue and listening to that, but knowing what I do about Tynan and some of the stuff that comes through in uh, Nice House on the Lake, it, mm. it definitely feels like this is kind of him projecting young James into the comics world and, you know, be like everybody else. But he's like, but I'm not like everybody else. I, I just want to be me, you know? Uh, and it feels like this is that... Yeah, you know, this is him doing that through the character of Molly. Oh, definitely. I think it's funny because, Matt, so. you said before we said that you didn't read it because you weren't a big fan of the art. Yeah. I'm assuming you only really looked at the first few pages. Oh, uh, no, I, I, I went through. And okay. it's... I've is... liked some of the stuff that I've seen with Danny. For whatever reason, this art just was not doing it for me. I'd have understood that first few pages where it's all like yeah. almost Kirby-esque colors with all mm-hmm. the, the yellows and the pinks mm-hmm. but then it, it, it settles into the you know the the, the flashback it becomes very like almost phillips-esque mm-hmm. it's it's real all this soft muted colors and i don't know i, I really do again it's it's maybe more excited for the um the arkham asylum book yeah I, I like it quite a bit and i think it fits the story like i don't know if it would fit every story but it fits this this person because i think what's funny about this is that it happens to be a character who's in a Batman story and set in Gotham, but honestly, like this could be like a creator-owned single issue, just about a person who needs to move on. Like I, I almost get like a not a cyberpunk, but like a kind of that like the, the sort of your your David Fincher or maybe even like an Aronofsky movie of someone who's been driven not to madness per se, but it's like a mm-hmm. psychological kind of like turmoil they're going through. <laughs> Until they eventually see this in Aronofsky's dreamlike style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I'm definitely sort of feeling from that. And, yeah, um... Pete, now you may want to watch the wrestler again. <laughs> I don't want to have feelings right now, though. <laughs> yeah. So of course, uh, she she sort of like takes a chance. Uh, her husband says, "Why don't you you know pitch your ideas? You take a stand and sort of say, you know, like, listen to me. Here's my ideas." And, you know, if it's, you know, try and find out if there's even a chance you get a promotion. And maybe if not, then maybe we can decide for you to, you know, become a housewife and have some kids. And, you know, we'll, we'll, you know I'll, I'll be the, the breadwinner, as it were, the old nuclear family. And she says, okay, I'll agree to that. And she goes in, kind of storms into a private meeting. Uh, and obviously it's not a done thing necessarily, but it's, it's not like in a overly unprofessional way either. It's like, hey, you're having a meeting about the ideas... Uh, I want to try and pitch to you quickly, and she sort of goes around, and it just you know, you turn the page, and she's been walked out with her box of stuff. Think she's been fired just for doing this, and, and then they take her ideas because they're they're their intellectual property now because yes. she developed them but while there. I feel I feel like the work stuff ties more into what what he's been going through recently, but all the stuff yeah. about the personal life 
feels yeah. more like it's maybe more to do with like just his you know well his personal life <laughs> i mean it's a, that doesn't sound that insightful but i think you know what i mean <laughs> yeah no i agree it, it, uh, it, it's very clear as to why he you know is, is proud of this issue it's very clear he's projected a lot of himself his, his current career his personal life into this this story yeah but he's like yeah i'm going to uh, use your ideas in the future and you'll get no credit uh and if you try to use any of your ideas that are in this book then you know you uh that's that's our ip we'll send the letters after you um now of course i mean this is stretching things a little bit in the sense that like i suppose if she actually pitched them then maybe they do own them but you know if she just has ideas sketched away somewhere while she was technically on the clock for them i mean like they can't prove no i i think that's fine i think you can even pitch stuff and it's fine you know it's more just a uh we you know we'll accept this idea and then do nothing with it yeah uh so She's going home, she's on the train, and she decides to turn back uh, at kind of this, this moment where she runs for the door again, and she sneaks back into the building, uh, tries to steal her ideas back, and he should I actually, I thought it was going to get kind of sexual assault here for a second. Just the, 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 the way it was like framed with like him in shadows and corner on the desk, and he never actually does, he's just a prick. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I think that was maybe just you reading. I don't think there's ever even an implication that that was. Uh, yeah, it, going to it was just the art. It was it was just that panel of her like sort of leaning against the desk as he's like standing right in front of her. Uh, but no, he's he's just a complete prick, and he's like, no, no, no. Uh, maybe I'll offer you a settlement fee to use your ideas, right? And you can take that. that's the generous offer. But then he tries to call security, and she hits him over the head, and it actually, uh, I mean, I don't know if it confirms that he's dead, but if he's not dead, then he's certainly. Been... It, it never says that he's dead. She clearly thinks he is, though, or yeah. might be, which is why she he runs. Is. But also, we know that he did get a call off to security. They're on their way up. Mm-hmm. They will come in and you know call the ambulance, whatever. Who knows? Maybe he's actually fine in in the long run. You know. Yeah, maybe. But she doesn't know that. And basically, she she calls in and tries to contact the insane club. Says, "Hey, I need to like I need help. I've done something. You know, I need to be a part of this." This is kind of her being pushed over the edge and sure enough master wise is like you should be ready to go through with this um and yeah she makes this willing choice to sort of like eject the life that's been forced upon her so she can just be her because there's a lot of times throughout the issue as well when she'll look in a reflection and we'll see miracle molly in the reflection because obviously she looks like a normal sort of you know blonde hair wears glasses kind of kind of woman but she looks in the reflection she sees and that's maybe where I get the cyberpunk vibes because she looks like a character from cyberpunk, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with the mm-hmm. the hair and the the colored like like. Yeah, tech. she she has the the under very sad, the robot eye as well. Yeah. yeah. So, but at the end of the issue, after she's went through this and she's actually put the clothes and the the you know the the hair on, uh, or I think it's actually when we come back to the the present day, it's the final page where she rejects like. Yeah, I, I don't know who you are, buddy. Like, I'm Miracle Molly and I'm no one else. And he knows because she used to use that as her, or like a chat name or like handle. a handle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shut up. Uh, but she, when she's like on her drone flying away, she she looks over at the reflection and it's her own reflection and she smiles because it's really her. Uh, so yeah. the messaging's really simple. It's a really strong story, a strong narrative, strong character drama and arc. It, yeah, hard to find. And for me to tell off with, I thought was pretty incredible art. Some incredible layout sequences. Yeah, yeah. No, I, um, I thought that was good too. Yeah. The the the, the double page, oh, not double page, just full page splash when she's like in the machine, getting her memory wiped, and there's like flashes of all the the things that it's erasing, 
and it's you know her glasses shattering uh, you know as, as she's you know the, the truth is, is yeah. revealed ah fantastic stuff yeah it's it's so funny that Ghostmaker is like everything we don't like about a new character and then Miracle Molly I'd say wasn't like a complete hit the second we saw her but she seemed interesting she had a cool look uh, she wasn't just an outright villain, so that was kind of made her more engaging. And then you have an issue like this, which I think just completely solidifies her as a real character, where I'm like, okay, this is a person that I understand, now. this is a person that I'm kind of rooting for. I think uh, at first glance, I would say I'd have probably have preferred you know, Punchline or Clown mm-hmm. Hunter. I think they were had stronger debuts than Miracle Molly. But I think this has made her a more well-rounded character for me that I want to see more of going forward, as compared to those where I'm like, yeah, sure, I can take a leave. Yeah, she's more real now. And maybe that's because there's a lot of the real writer in her, but like she does feel like a real character, a real solidified character. And here's character. the thing, this isn't like it's a an amazingly inventive story that, that we've got here. You know, we, you lined up Fincher and Aronofsky films. It is the sort of story you've seen before, but it's just the style it's told with, the, the clear you know, personal flair that it's got to it that, that makes it so strong. Yeah, it's... I mean, you can even go one step further and, like, it's not as dark as this and she's not as, like, de- she's not at the range, but it's kind of the same sort of character story that you you get in something like a taxi driver. It's it's all about this one character going through their life and the the psychology of what's going to drive them to their decision at the end. You know, it's that kind of in-depth. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's great that you went to taxi driver and I, I was going to go to Fight Club, which, again, same lines. Neither of us went to the, the DC-related movie that would have been the... No, because after that movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the movie's not good. No, it's not. not. Movie. Uh, so, no, that's really good. What are you giving Miracle Molly, Connor? I don't know, nine. I love this issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much there. I'll give it a 8.5. I think I'll give it a nudge lower, but I really liked it as well. It had a good vibe. Like, once it started montaging through the middle, and I was like, sometimes when a comic tries to do, you know, what is effectively a montage in comic book form, it, 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 that's when I, I know I'm either really into a book or out of a book because if I'm out of the book it just feels like a mess of images with like no just a sequence of panels yeah it's just a lot of panels of random things but even though this was repeating things essentially because it was like oh here's her waking up again here's her staying up late again here's her uh, being bored during and sex again or to, whatever to the art's credit it doesn't actually reuse the same images like oh sure you, yeah yeah which you can you can do and there's nothing wrong with that but they are all you know individually drawn you know things when yeah. they're repeating these sequences to show that they're not identical it just feels the same but it gave me this passage of time it gave me this this feeling of uh the the turmoil stacking up and the the the, the, the weight of this life like bearing down on her like I, I really got that as it went on so yeah uh good stuff uh so yeah if you, if you didn't pick up batman secret fails miracle molly uh pretty big recommendation to uh, i think it will enhance your appreciation of that character and She's going to feature in Fear State uh, more heavily mm-hmm. as it goes on, no doubt. So, uh, would recommend it. So, cool. The Flash seven seven four. Jeremy Adams writing with Christian Dus on the art. So this is another fairly standalone issue. The 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 running thing of this sword in space coming towards Earth uh, is still sort of being teased. It lands at the end of the issue, um, but the main story of the issue is that Wally is going to a father-daughter dance with Irie. And he's all nervous about it. Uh, Linda's putting his tie on and telling him to calm down. 
And he's, he's freaking out and saying, well, it's the first dance, then it'll be a second dance, and then before you know it, she'll be dating and then married and have kids, and, and he's, he's, like, freaking out. He's, he's, he's being kind of adorable dad Wally. And then Iris in a dress, and he's all gobsmacked, and they're all excited. The, the, the banter's pretty strong in this issue. Uh, they're driving to the to the dance, and there's just little things where she'll mispronounce a word. Um, she's because it gets really, there's a lot of fog that comes in, which is actually related to the villain, uh, Doctor Midnight's uh, up to no good. Uh, but she she explains, did you know that fog is just water molecules that hang in the air after condemnation? And Wally's like, do, <laughs> do you mean condensation? And she's like, that's what I said. And that becomes like a running joke where she'll say something wrong, he'll correct her. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of cute. It's kind of adorable. And they have this banner. But when they get to the dance, everyone's knocked out. Obviously, they've been unaffected. Uh, well, they have been affected because their powers are gone. But they've been unaffected by this gas because they're, they're speedsters. Um, so they, they try and drive home to see if the, the rest of the family's fine. And Dr. Midnight comes trampling down the, the city, riding a double-trunked purple evil elephant. Um, so what's happening here is Dr. Midnight is like basically creating things in nightmares and it, they come to life. That's his whole tech. Um, so what he's doing is he's going around and like as people are sleeping, he's like taking from their nightmares and making those things a reality. Uh, so, But he happens to be going to where Wally works because that's where he was fired from. He's the disgruntled scientist. Uh... Uh, and she talks. She talks in Wally to letting him go with, letting her go with him, uh, because he said that you know being a hero is not about powers. He also, uh, you know, what to teach both both me and my brother about being super superheroing, and you have to have learning experiences and things like that. And he's like, damn, I'm, I used to have been such a good dad because now she's like using my own dad speeches against me. Uh, so it's it's fun stuff. He's there to steal stuff. He's there to steal nightmares. Um, you know, uh, she disses Boomerang. It's a funny little moment. Uh, but basically, he's got this headset thing. This like, it's, it's almost like a. You know, like Back to the Future when you first see Doc Brown in the fifties, and he's got this weird head helmet on. That's like a science gizmo. Yeah, uh, he's got something like that, and Irie just sort of sneaks in and tries to grab it. Uh, and Wally has to distract Dr. Nightmare while she's doing so. Uh, and they run away. Uh, they're being chased by a variety of monsters that have come from nightmares. I can't even begin to describe some of these things. Um, but I, I raise like, look, you know what? I, I'm a good dreamer. Let, let me put the helmet on, go to sleep, and I will conjure my dreams to fight these monsters. So he sings her to sleep. Uh, and the way they win this fight is that she conjures up let's see a robotic lion a giant green dog and when i say green i mean like green lantern construct-esque uh like clifford but green yeah yeah uh a female soldier which i think's maybe colonial marine-esque i don't know it's it's hard to tell a double-headed rabbit this giant and a giant panda but the panda has a big hole in the middle and like a sort of pink border of fur around the hole. So think panda meets donut. <laughs> is the best way and I donut. can describe Got this. Uh, 
and yeah they chase him off they win the, the, the powers come back and they're upset they didn't get to dance so wally speeds her off to paris and they dance in front of the eiffel tower uh this is an adorable issue this is an adorable father daughter issue and i think if you want wally being a family man you're going to have a lot of fun uh with this the, the, the jokes are cute uh it's a very much a standalone just light-hearted issue uh with just a little tease at the end for the ongoing plot but uh i think i think after that first arc which was uh, was a very heavy six issue arc about the jumping through time and the speedster boys these it's kind of nice that this book has had like a two-part and a one-shot before it's getting into whatever its next arc is I, I i do think a lot of comic runs could really benefit from taking a few standalone stories in between the big arcs just to Set the scene, give us a bit of downtime. Have a breather. Have a breather, have a fun story. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and Dusty's art is, is totally fine. Uh, the problem yeah. I have with his head sometimes isn't actually that present in this one. I think uh, Iris chubby little face uh, is actually kind of great because she's constantly smirking or whatever. Uh, yeah, so... I you know I, I I'm I'm going to happily hand this a uh... I'll say seven point five I'll say seven point five I was tempted to give it the eight just because I had so much fun with it but you know Doctor Midnight's just kind of whatever <laughs> he's he's just there to be a a platform for the the father daughter bonding to play out but uh, it's a fun time um again I I'm glad that I have an nice B tier flashbook to read okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm enjoying my time. Uh, all right. Batman the Detective issue five. Tom Taylor writing with Andy Cooper on the art. The penultimate issue of this, uh, which mm-hmm. feels like it's so went in fast. Uh, I'll be honest, it's gone in so fast that I forgot I still had issues of it left. If that makes sense, where I was like, oh, oh yes. there's still two issues of this, like you know, because it felt like I've had a lot of it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because like obviously we've been a bit more down in this compared to other Taylor work, but it's still solid, and there's, like, big great moments in this. There's a ridiculous thing with the the bat truck that happens that's... I think this might be my favourite issue of it, in that it feels the most just, alright, we're just having fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman puts in the call to the bat network, which is not just other bat characters, but, like, like just officials who are in ranking places yeah, I... in various cities and stuff like that. So, I, I wasn't here for the fourth issue, and so I, I read that because I hadn't. And when we got to that point at the end, I was like, oh, Club of Heroes stuff. Like, <laughs> we have we have Night and Squire? Like, why not put... And then it's just kind of like random government officials and people. And I was like, oh, man, we missed an opportunity. I think it's, it's less exciting than having Club of Heroes yeah. stuff, but also in some ways more interesting. But he has the you know this level of agreement with just all of these relatively high-ranking people, it seems. The bit where he's like, oh, yeah, I, I don't want any stops at the France-Belgium Bel- France-Belgium border, and they're like, done. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's it. That's all they talk. Yeah, I mean, he, he's going in there because the, the White Knights, and led by Equilibrium, we have a name for the leader, yeah. uh, She, they're attacking this group of people who were all invited because they're all you know, people who were saved by Batman, which has been the running thing in the book. And Batman comes storming in, he tells the people the, the victims to to back up and he just says oracle land it behind me and the the giant truck that he's been driving just comes in and creates a barrier so that the the bad guys can't get to them 
and also they evacuate everyone by uh, get, getting them onto the truck as Batman fights everyone. So, um, fun big set piece moment. Uh, it's one of those like, oh, okay, that was a fun beat. Uh, it was ridiculous, but you know, we're, we're just here to have some silly and fun then and cool. When he's fighting, you know, equilibrium after, it's like, oh, she's way better than than we expected. Yeah, is it Harley like, turns okay, into like a demon, or is that someone else turns into a demon? The demon. Yeah. Oh, that was someone else. They were there on the first. Uh, if you go back to the first page where he's doing yeah. a standoff with them. Oh right. Yeah. Um, you know the the panel where she's pointing the gun. You know, they're all pointing the guns at him. He, he's there. It's like oh, like Grundy esque almost. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Kind of Grundy Croc. I, I got mix. confused, but I thought someone transformed like mid fight. No, he's no, been no. there, but there's there hasn't been an explanation. Okay. Just reasons. Um, Just go with it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I would if if Kubert's art wasn't so blocky and makes everybody look like Wreck It Ralph. So I wasn't really yeah. feeling that in this issue, to be honest. I feel like they're a lot better when they're in costumes. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. I I I still get like a sort of JRJR light vibe at times with this art mm-hmm. and this. You see that? Like, like when we get to Equilibrium's backstory, that looks like a properly proportioned human mm. being. That's not every page, though. Yeah, I mean, that's the other main part of this issue, is that yeah. Descartes up and about, even though he shouldn't mm-hmm. be, and explains the backstory of Equilibrium, who's, there was basically the other person like Bruce that he trained after Bruce, but with oh. the key difference being that she was willing to kill, um, and that... Oh no, oh. another anti-Batman type. <laughs> what shall we do? Uh, see, I, I appreciate this, because it, it isn't just anti-batman she's not you know immediately off to be evil it's like no she worked for you know law enforcement you know the things that you know card trains them to do and was good at it right well, but she was so good that's my whole thing this is another version of batman where what if batman killed and i, I don't know. agree with that i don't think that's what this is she's she's better than your average person don't be wrong she's clearly very good and well, She's but, so good, though, that, like, in issue four, she poisoned Batman. Yeah. Yeah, it, so that's what I mean. Like, she's... But I don't know. think it is what if Batman killed. Because she was... Yes, she was killing, but she was killing just the, you know, the the, the targets that she was assigned. You know, I'm not trying to defend that, is but it, again, like, she wasn't it, being a villain. It's also worth mentioning yeah. that she had nothing to do with Batman at all. The only connection is that Descartes also trained her, right? And she went on right. her own path, she had her family... And then this guy that Batman it's, saved... It's and, actually very, um, silencer. Hmm. And this guy that B- Batman saved, uh, during, like, a, a, a you know... A, it was during the Night and Squire stuff. Yeah, during, during, in London. during the Night and Squire stuff. This guy that he saved, yeah. who was a criminal, but, you know, obviously Batman doesn't let people die, so he saved him from a burning building. And this guy ended up drunk driving and it killed, in an accident and killed her family. You know, she survived, but her husband and child didn't. And mm-hmm. that's what kind of started her on this this spree and sent her going after, like, you know, because if Batman hadn't saved them, then her family would be alive. Um, I mean, I don't love it. I, I don't necessarily yeah. agree with what Matt's saying, though. I don't really get the I just, the we Batman got to that thing. point, and, and Ducard's like, you know that other person I said that I also trained that was as good as you? And it was just like, okay, I don't like that. I don't uh, mind that, because of course, like, I, I don't mind that there are other people that these... It's not like she went to all the same people that they trained. Just to no, guard, but, but also on the heels of Ghostmaker, you know. See, I like, find this way more interesting than Ghostmaker because yeah. Ghostmaker literally did all the exact same things as Batman, right? right. Whereas this, but was, I'm just 
No, yeah, she did I, one thing very, very, very well. Uh, yeah, I just, I got there and I was like, it, to me, it's not interesting. It, it's fine. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I just expect more from Taylor as well. And I was like, oh, okay, the backstory, but now she's going to get revenge on Batman because I, she can't see all the good Batman's done. Cause Which the one I assume is how this, this ends, right? Is trying to get through to her. Because sure. this is. In, in in other writers' hands, I would assume this just ends up in a punch out. But this is Tom Taylor, who right. likes to end stuff with yeah. meaning. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the issues like I think I had more fun because of the big set piece of this issue than maybe some of the previous ones. Uh, and the backstory is fine. I, I I love it. I don't hate it. It's um, and it just it sort of adds to the the, the general feeling I've had with the stories that it's fine, which is kind of weird for a Tom Taylor book. But I guess you know. Yeah. They can't all be and again, it's all about managing expectations. I just, you know, after having, you know, a time away from it and then reading four last night and then reading five this morning, I'm just like, it's all right, you know. And then I got to that and it's just more typical, kind of like I was excited for this story because it seemed like something different and it's just kind of hitting similar bat tropes and then not even the fun bat tropes like that I want to read. Like, again, you know, th- throw in the Club of Heroes. Like, let me see the Musketeer guy in there, you know, Suddenly helping. Suddenly, Night and Not Squire just... isn't enough for you. No. Night Squire's never been enough, you know? <laughs> so, and I love Night and Squire. Don't get me wrong. Like, this new this new Squire, I think that's probably the best edition this book has given us, right? Like, yeah. I-, I do love her balance with-, with Bruce, and that's typical Tom Taylor, you know, banter and making us care about that character. It's just everything else around that. You know, there's just it's kind of to me kind of missing some of the more fun flourishes that an international Batman story I uh, expect. I'll yeah. be honest, I, I was happy it wasn't any of these other foreign bat characters. I don't know. I like and I, I, if you're I, gonna do silly like that, like go into it because to me, him having a network of operatives that aren't Batman Inc. It's just it's to me that's because Batman. Um, but when you throw in the Batman Inc. stuff, that these are other heroes. That are kind I, of I get operating where you're coming from, but him, going, him saying, "Oh no, I've helped them out with lots of favors in the past." You know, they, right, they but that makes... agree agree with my mission. They'll they'll do things for me within reason. Right, but that, that makes seems... Bruce omnipresent, and that's what I don't like. At uh, least, wait, how, how, how is that? How, how is that harder to swallow that a bunch of people have taken Bat monikers and fought crime? <laughs> because that because that's a network, right? This is a network of real people who actually exist and have positions. <laughs> right, that have positions in, in government, right? That at the end of the day... This, this is no different to him having a relationship with, with Gordon. Yeah, this is just a bunch right. of people Gordon in Gordon. Gotham, right? Where Batman's out of. So this is just like, hey, so Bruce is just making randomly Sorry. checks. So you're okay with Bruce going globetrotting? You want Bruce going globetrotting, and you, that's what you wanted this book to be, but you don't want him to make any relationships with any No, that's not the relationships. It's the, it's the characters there that this is blank government bureaucrat type, which is not fun. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, okay. Like, so he has a whole network of bureaucrats all across Europe, right? Yeah. Like, and he's maintaining these. So, like, Bruce is always... So, to me, in my head, right, that's why the Club of Heroes exists, because Bruce can't be everywhere at once. Right, this is what Batman Inc. was, and all that stuff, and that's why it makes sense that there's a network of people that handle stuff. So now, when Bruce does go over there, so like, are these people just always handling stuff for Batman because he's omnipresent? I don't think they're really handling like, stuff for him all the time. Anyway, I think they're just doing their jobs, and when he contacts them, they'll be like, "Well, we'll see what we can do and help you out." 
It makes Batman sound like he like a cartel leader. It, it sounds like he's just me. calling in some favors. Yeah. I'm not a huge uh, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of Batman Inc. and having other bat characters all yeah, the world like, anyway. But I, I, I do like that because that plays in with the that I, era. I don't of, I don't think this is Batman Inc. I don't think it's a replacement no. for Batman Inc. This is just him calling in favors from people he's worked with. No, I, I agree that's this isn't Batman Inc. I'm I'm arguing why I'm happy it's not Batman Inc. that's coming up here. Fair enough. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Batman Inc. as well. I'm not, I'm yeah. not saying that Matt's moving goalposts constantly when it comes to Batman. I don't think he is. But I don't have any idea in my head what the layout of these goalposts are. It's like a web. And I'm not sure which ones are a goal and which ones are just like the space in between two other goalposts. It's not just that's two posts. Me. It's not just that's... two posts. <laughs> it's Aussie rules football, and that's for me to know the rules for, and you not. Right? There's, there's like there ten... are no rules in Aussie rules football. Everyone <laughs> exactly. Knows that. There's 17 I... posts, and not all of them count. And I don't know which ones. It's not Aussie <laughs> rules. It's Quidditch. And if you know, you know. All right, that's it. <sighs> Harry Potter's so shit. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> So shit. Anyway. The book ends with her just, you know, they're going, oh, she's going to try and kill London, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's a cliffhanger. Yeah, because he, cause he stopped a bomb going off in London, so technically everyone in London was saved by Batman, so. Also, yeah. by, this, by this, then the equilibrium should also go after the entire Earth, because Batman has saved the Earth how many number of times? Yeah. I don't know, I don't know if... I don't know if him saving the Earth is his own public record, perhaps, as, like, him... Like, is that in the paper? Because I don't know if the, I don't know if the, the the press get get wind of oh, Earth Two is invading, <laughs> and the Justice is, League wasn't that the whole premise Williams of Infinite suggests... Frontier? Huh, Connor? That, wasn't that the whole premise of that Infinite Frontier? It's true, but book? yeah, but that yeah. started before that, so that doesn't that's not how yet. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so there's no news headlines. Justice League saves Earth, and people don't know Batman's part of the Justice League. Um. Yeah, but that's a group effort. That's not just him. That's just, she's, I mean, maybe maybe she'll maybe she'll promote once she's like once she's killed everyone that Batman saved individually. Maybe he'll then she'll then promote to doing what he did as part of a team. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been down with the whole equilibrium idea from the start of the book either. So that's just me going. I kind of think it's meant to be a dumb idea. We're meant to look at it and go, "Well, she's wrong." Yeah, and that's presumably yeah. going to be the I mean, point. I, know, I know. I, I, I'm not arguing in favor of like because I, I I don't think this book's that great. Like I think it's just okay, right? And that's kind of been the stance the whole just time. Just want Matt to be consistent. I, I just it's just sometimes Matt will throw a complaint with Batman that it's like a a sort of you know that gif of Christian Bale where he sort of does like a sort of does like a double take. Like that's just one of those moments. That's all. That's all it is. So anyway, that's that's great. That's sort of a bitch, Matt. What are you giving Batman? Five point five. Oh, oh, dear. oh, and mass numbers. I, re- like... I really didn't like this. Book. Yeah. Uh, Connor? That's uh, 7.5. I had fun with it. I almost want to give it a 10 just to upset Matt. But, uh... <laughs> you know what, I don't care. I know you have, uh, you know, weird taste when it comes to stuff. You don't like Batman Inc., so that's fine. Uh, yeah, nah, man. Just, that's like a 6.5, I think, for me. It's uh... only a point more than me. Well, no, 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 because 5.5 in your scale is way lower than a 5.5 in my scale is. That's true. <laughs> so don't even start. Yeah, we all know a 5.5 from Matt is like a 3 from, from Pete. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or you, to be fair. I, our skills are... Pr- we rate things at a pretty similar... Yeah, level. I mean, I'm maybe a little bit harsher than you, but not that similar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, Batman the Detective. 
Aquaman, the becoming issue one, Brandon Thomas writing with Diego uh, Olortigi on the art. So, yeah, this was an interesting. So, I actually it was almost going to be a Patreon book, but I only had time to read this or a Patreon book, and I thought, oh, I've got less books next week. I'll I'll do them next week. I'll I'll, I'll find the issue one. We'll give this yeah. a chance and see how it is. Um, this this scratches the Aquaman itch, right? Like, I'm I'm glad that we have an Aqua book because I I still haven't read Black Manta. Mm-hmm. Um, and from from what you were talking about, it sounds like something I'm going to enjoy. I just have to pick that up. I've not um, that yet either. Yeah, but seems like Brandon Thomas really has a hook, pun not intended, into Aqualad slash Aquaman slash Jackson. Uh, so I can appreciate that. Just where the story ends up going, I'm not exactly sure of. Like, I don't know. Is, is it him becoming... His own person? Is that what the becoming title is? Is it him becoming Aquaman? Like, I, I'm not sure just from this first issue. Could could be a little uh, column A, a little uh, column yeah. B. It's, uh, yeah. That's what it is. Uh, so we have Aqua Danger Room, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, underwater VR, where... Bit of an eye roll. I, yeah. I had enough VR this week in yeah, my J- Jackson thinks he's on Apocalypse. Fighting Darkseid. The rest of the Justice League has died in this simulation, but yes. he jumps into the water, he gets to the mother box. There's a couple of nice... That, that, that page mm-hmm. where it's the, the vertical panels of him diving into the water do look quite nice, actually. Yeah. Um, and he gets to the mother box, and he, gets, he achieves his high score, then he wakes up out of his pool, and it's like, all right. Uh, and Arthur's like, ah, good job. You're doing all right. Mira shows everyone's all happy. Uh, Aquaman's leaving uh, to go to... Was it Mars, I think he said? Uh, yeah. For, for, for a little they're, while they're, they're off to meet frankenstein on mars that's right and that's right like, yes this is some justice league shenanigans ca- ca- casual mention- story i want to read yeah casual yeah. mention of frankenstein by the way aquaman uh, arthur my old, old pal old buddy uh mars is lacking and when it comes to the water department so uh yeah. better bring a but tank one Easy. canals so uh-huh. you know we'll, we'll figure it out so yeah so the, the yeah, Mira's sort of left around and she's off to do some stuff, but uh, Aqua Lad, go, well, I shouldn't say Aqua Lad anymore, I suppose, given the title of the book, but uh, Jackson goes into town to meet his mother for lunch. Uh, they have some banter and he completely, like, just loses his cool when the cute waiter decides to start <laughs> taking their order, as waiters are known to do uh, traditionally. Um, well, and it's also that the waiter goes, I know who you are. And it's like, well, what gave it away? The um, Superman or the, the superhero suit or the fact mm-hmm. that I have my water sword handles, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I do. I do like the, the truth. He's walking to the, the, the diner. Uh, like he's saying hi to a bunch of people. You get yeah. this idea that he's really like people have gotten to know him in the town over the, well, the yeah, and that's, arcs and stuff. And that that's why when when the he gets all flustered by the waiter, I just I like that where he's like, of, of course, he knows who I am. Like. It's like he loses his sense for a second, and I thought it was handled real well. Yeah, and his mother's just like, <laughs> like, oh, my boy's flirting. This is, uh, this is, this is awkward. awkward and embarrassing and all sorts. Uh, but there's the sense that someone's watching Jackson uh, when he's on his way there, and uh, when he hears some police sirens, he rushes out because flying fish man. <laughs> is attacking a bank oh. or something. Uh, and to make this a bit more humorous, it cuts to like a, a, a Skype call 
between the mm-hmm. Titans because he was meant to talk to them in a, in a meeting. So you got Wallace, you got uh, uh, Beast Boy, you got Raven and Starfire all kind of uh, joking. They're basically just making fun of the fact that he's got a villain called Flying Fishman. Um, yeah, that's likable enough. I know, um, I, I do, and I like the fact that it's um, it's either I think it's Wallace. That's like yeah, it is. He goes. So wait, he ditched us at the Titans Academy to go to handle Flying Fishman. Like, what's he up to? Uh, so I, I do like that. I do like the balance of the Titans here, um, and him being kind of awkward about it. Like, yeah, yeah, they have to see Bay. Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um. So whoever's watching him is going to strike soon, and sure enough, uh, we get a, a a lantern looking like a suit of armor. Uh, someone coming out of the water, back where the 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 the, the water danger room is, whatever you were calling yeah. that thing, um, and oh. attacks the well. The well, there you go. And Jackson is attacked. He fights back. There's a bit of an action sequence taking place, um, but eventually there's more people that he he's kind of out of it a little bit when he starts seeing these more people, but they kind of beat the shit out of him, and it mm-hmm. ends with just uh, it turns out these people that were fighting him are actually the Atlantean guard and mm-hmm. they're they're arresting him for uh crimes of terrorism because you see as he was fighting uh this guy in the armor they ended up causing like a an explosion oh yeah big yeah. big big uh big boom shall we say um yeah. so it's an interesting cliffhanger i guess uh, it kind of feels a little bit like a, a leap like uh, like why are they just immediately assuming yeah. that he's a terrorist it felt a bit well, forced to me there, there are ties to his, you know, uh, he's from Zebel. Well, his mom's from Zebel. And we know they're constantly at war with Atlantis, right? They have this mm-hmm. uneasy alliance um, and, and whatnot. Uh, so there's a part that he kind of skipped over that I really liked. Sure. Whereas yeah. uh, after he beats the, the hell out of Flying Fishman, who was, like, I think, what, he was a college-level swimmer that got cut off the team and, mm. and whatever. And now he's going to start robbing banks. Um the girl that was there was like, yeah, can can you just hang out with me today? Which seems like a, you know, because she was terrified of what had happened, uh, which seems like a big reach to ask, like, the local superhero. But Jackson does hang out with her. And I think that did a lot for, for the character. Like what you're saying, the town seems to know him, you yeah, know? Yeah, that was probably, I mean, it's weird that I skipped over it, but it probably is maybe the most genuine kind of Heartfelt like, moment in the book. He I, goes he goes to lunch with her, they go walk around and you know, he makes sure she gets home safe. And I don't know, it just it felt like it's kinda of what I look for in, in superheroes, especially, you know, lately where stories have a tendency to get darker than maybe I like. So the fact that like here's this young hero, like kind of doing a, a thing Superman or Superboy would do. You know, or even Dick Grayson, right? Like um yeah, no, I, I like that scene. That that really stood out to me. Yeah, I think this book's okay. Like, like mm-hmm. I, 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 it was nice to see Aquaman and Mira again, and sort of feel like we're getting a book set in that corner of the world. Uh, and you know, Jackson getting a spotlight is nice. But mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say like I, I think it's all fairly solid. Uh, maybe the the rush to the cliffhanger at the end felt a little bit yeah. jarring, but. I also wouldn't say it's anything particularly. Spe- I mean, maybe that moment where he spends the day with with that woman mm-hmm. because she's so distraught of after the attack is maybe the one thing that sticks out. But for the most part, it's just kind of all right. You know, it's it's yeah. 
it feels like the sort of thing that if we maybe if we got like an issue or an arc in the middle of an Ackman run where oh we're going to focus on Jackson for you know yeah. five six issues, it feels like it'd be thrown in there, uh, kind of mm-hmm. like that. Um, it still it, it still feels a little bit uh like because the art is fine as well. If anything, it's it's even good, but it still feels a little bit of that house style Aquaman. So it feels yeah. kind of just typical in a lot yeah. of ways. I do like the coloring though. The color is nice and vibrant. Mm. Like uh, so, I think that hit a lot of that house house styley kind of stuff. But yeah, like, yeah, it's it's better than I thought it was gonna be because I I just read this out of well I, I'm gonna read something i need something else to read so i picked this up because i do I, I miss having an aquaman book you know monthly so uh and i, and I was not that i was surprised but it ended up being better than i thought it was gonna be yeah i, I mean I, I hate to sound kind of just lukewarm but i am kind of lukewarm you know, it didn't set my world on fire i guess yeah. is all i'm saying but i mean it's perfectly fine uh, uh well i read issue two it's gonna come down to how many other books are that weekend yeah. uh but you know, but it's not like a, I'm definitely reading this. I have to read issue two of this. I don't feel that way. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't even feel like that, and I think I'm higher on it than you. Like if yeah, if the week's packed, I might just wait for a trade. Yeah. Uh, and read this. Yeah, you, know, you ever hear things are going to you know stack up though when things get pushed around and whatnot. So, uh, all right, what are you giving Aquaman the Becoming? Um, you give us a, a seven. Yeah, I'll probably go like a. Like a six point five, but probably you know, similar to similar to my detective rain. Uh, all right, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, issue four. Uh, Tom King writing, Bill Chris Evely on the art, and this was you know the last couple of issues were very much like slices of one particular part of the trip. This was I'll call it the montage issue. Yeah. Uh, which is to say that it kind of like every few pages we skip ahead to a new world so it really gives you this sense of the, the trek the journey that they're, they're going on looking uh, for, for the murder of the, the girl's father and uh, it, it kind of goes through just this sort of variety of scenarios that Supergirl's in and how she reacts to certain types of violence because it's all violent it's all um, you know as it Clem's the bad guy yeah. he he's with a group who are straight up like blowing places up, murdering people, pillaging. Yeah, the brigands. The brigands are going from world to world doing this. And they keep getting there at the aftermath of each time, and it's kind of, like, sad and depressing. Uh, pretty much through through. It's a very dour issue in a lot what, of ways. Yeah, and it to me, what I like here is that it's showing what how Kara is different than Clark with, with certain things. Like, this is doing a real good job of showing you her... Almost like, I don't want to say it's Survivor's Guild exactly, right? Because she remembers Krypton, right? Mm. And so here, it gets to a part, and I don't want to skip over too much, but it, it's where um, the, the main character, not the main character, but the girl that's with her, I forget her name. But she she talks about how Kara deals with these things, and it's not with heat vision or frost breath or, you know, as, as she keeps her eyes clear so she can see you. And she doesn't freeze things with her breath so she can talk to you. And she holds your hand, you know, to let you know that you're not alone. Yeah, she slows down to walk. She, she could slows speed down. around, but she slows down right. to walk by your side. Yeah, that was one of the lines. And I was like, God damn, Tom King. And he, knows, he knows how to spin a yarn. <laughs> he does. And and there's that scene in particular that, that stood out. And then the burial scene. Yeah, yeah, we'll get that to just, that. Yeah, yeah, uh, that just, we, so Superman. 
Right. We, we start with uh, this alien baby that Kara picks up in this aftermath, and they go ahead, and we see her feeding this this alien who's in hospital who witnessed like his best friend be killed uh, by the brigands. And th- there's so many little things that I think it does really smart here in this conversation, which is maybe like four pages or whatever it is. But this alien, like in four pages, King is able to give him a distinct voice, where the way he mm-hmm. phrases things, where the way he talks about his friend. Um, the way he repeats certain lines or phrases, it just mm-hmm. it, like by by page two or three, I already like felt like oh he's talking like I expect this character to talk, to talk now, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's insane to get that in that few pages, but he does it. Yeah, there's quite a bit of dialogue that helps. I mean, true, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of dialogue and and these and these. This is issues. the page I got to where I got irritated with work because tr- I'm trying to read and I keep getting <laughs> stopped, and I was like, just yeah. you don't understand reading a Tom King book right now, all right? There are words. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's you know it's building this uh, good sense of character, so you care about this guy who's only on like three or four pages. But it's also building this menace of just how bad this asshole is and how much he deserves to be killed, which is almost like challenging the reader to maybe side with the girl rather than Kara that maybe this guy should just like, have his neck snapped <laughs> because right. he's awful. I, right. So like, I still believe that that Krem is more of a symbolic figure than an actual figure. That that by the end of this, Krim is more than just one person. You know what I mean? Like, Krim is, is representative of of this girl's vengeance and whatnot. Just because of the the way that he's a through line to all these horrific acts. And that's that's based on the story that they're following him because, you know, uh, Kara needs to get the antidote to save Crypto. But I just, I, I, I just keep feeling the idea that He's more of an idea than a man. I don't know. We saw the actual man in the first issue, right? And then he yeah. joined up with the brigands. So it's it's not it's less that the, that it's one person doing all these mm-hmm. horrific acts. It's you know this group are doing this all these horrific acts that they you know mm-hmm. they happen to be following one person in that group. No, I know, but I just think by the end of this, it's more about the idea of Krem than actual him himself. If that makes sense. I I kind of get what Matt's saying, in in the sense that, like, if she if 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 the girl does get to him and kills him, like, because because she's been so obsessed with the idea of the vengeance that mm-hmm. it's almost less about him himself and who he is, right. sure, you know, kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, the next section we get is the the alien who's digging graves, and he's basically digging hundreds of graves on his own because if he doesn't, then the government on this planet are just going to put all the bodies into a mass grave and his own. Yeah. Uh, it was a wife or daughter were daughter, amongst, daughter. The, amongst the dead. So he wants to do all these graves. And when Supergirl offers help and says, can I help you? He sort of says, no, it's my duty. I really shouldn't. But then she kind of makes it clear. No, like, you know. You don't have to go it alone. Yeah. Let, like, let, you, me, let me help you. You know, let me help. And he's like, well, I suppose it's more likely to be finished in time if I do have help. So yes, I will accept your, your thing. And then, of course, she uses her super speed. She speeds around and just does it all, like, super quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of, like, in awe. And it's it's a very sweet gesture, but it's obviously this really sad, dark thing because it's, it's digging lots of graves. Right, and he's almost doing it like it was his penance, right? Like, yeah. I have to do this because I couldn't stop them. And Kara's like, oh, no, you don't have to do this by yourself. Let me help you. And then she locates, you know, the daughter's remains. Just look, and, looks at his DNA and checks the right. DNA of all the rest. Like, yeah, that one matches. Uh-huh. Enough. Yeah, 
I, you know, just, I, I'm not really critiquing this book for this. Yeah. I have to say, I don't like the idea that the supervision that that Clark, Clark and Kara have can right. see DNA. Like, I don't like it being that, but you know, microscopic. I, I don't either. And, and that, <laughs> I, that could have been a nitpick, and that's, you know, because Supergirl yeah. thing, things. However, I took it as this is the, the character who's telling the story's memory of this going on, you know, and that as, as it's being told, you know, in her brain, that's what Kara did, you know. Um, I, I or, get where you come from, but also mm-hmm. I feel like it's not, as much as I don't think we really like it, mm-hmm. it's not actually that much of a stretch beyond what they do anyway, no. that I'm like, yeah, that's probably is just what happened. It's not, or alternatively, Kara knows what this man wants to hear, right? And says, hey, I scanned your DNA, I found your daughter, and she's telling so he can get closure, you know. Um, but it's really just some random girl that he's taking. No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be. But to him, it's not any less real, right? Mm, like sure. she is helping him through this, and I just that—that's what this kind of, this is her helping montage, and I, I really did it. I really dug it. Like it's almost like the labors of Kara. That, that, that was a, that was a, that was not intentional, but that was such a. Pun. It was not intentional. That was such a um, pun. It it wasn't intentional. He dug so, it. Like I a, dug it. Like a grave. But now that was a really like you talked about the, you know, the Nightwing stuff making you emotional. That that one for whatever reason, hit with with her helping and. I, I yeah I mean I mean it's it's, it's interesting for me because this is easily my least favorite issue of this book. Mm. In wow. that, I get everything that you're kind of whether you're coming from mm-hmm. like the idea of this being the, the the montage and kind of giving that sense of no this is a big journey. And all these have the the through line with the the massacres and you know the the violence and the the horrors. But I don't think for me any of the stories were enough. There wasn't enough time on any of them to really connect in in in, in enough in enough time in enough space for all of them. So that I felt like okay, I, I get what it's going for, but I didn't actually get the feelings of any of them. I mean, okay. I, oh, I could say as I was feeling. I mean, the the next yeah. one is. This big alien who's like you know, fifteen foot tall or whatever it works yeah. out to be. But Kara's like, no, hit me because he's like, you have to get your rage out, hit me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I am big and you are small. It will hurt. And it's like, no, I'll be fine. Trust me. And and this and this is an alien from a warrior race, right? Yeah. Like, Joe, I like about this though is that there's almost like a, a a hint of comedy in this one mm-hmm. where. Like she really has to be talked into it, but eventually she does a big, huge, like sort of ground slam onto Supergirl, uh-huh. and she's sort of like that. I thought you, and then it becomes pow, 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 and there's like a whole page of her just smashing at her, and then it's like you know, but then, then it's like sad at the end though because then the big aliens crying and Kara kind of right. hugs her, uh, as best she can when she's you know right. that much smaller than her. Um, thing that I did like about this too is that it talked about this alien was off at war against the Picts. Yeah, which, I was. I noticed that little, that little. Uh, yeah, which ties it to Strange Adventures just a little bit, which I really like. So, um, that was nice, and that's why. So this big yeah. warrior alien couldn't be there to defend I, her I, home and her family. I don't even know? necessarily think it's saying they're definitely in the same continuity. I think it's just. Oh like no, a no, wink, no, no, wink. no! You know, it's a little like, nudge, nudge. It's the Tom King verse, right? Where it's like, I'm gonna throw this alien race in here, that up until Strange Adventures, I didn't. I wasn't familiar with, so. You and but I do like that it's else. just a throwaway. Uh-huh. Um, was that Connor? Yeah, no, no one was really familiar with them. I don't think until yeah. until that book. Well, I, I don't. I don't even know off the top of my head if they're a DC Comics thing or if it's something that 
King, you know, created whole cloth for Strange Adventures. Mm. Um, but so that that just that name being there, I I I got a small, you know, small smile out of and. Um, so then but, the uh, characters, you know, debate whether or not they should kill. Um, obviously the girl wants to. Kara's saying no, no one should. Um, and they're on a very sort of somber looking planet here with the. Uh, it's just all like carved, like the, the people here carve their stories into their, their exteriors of their buildings, so it's all very detailed. Uh, be- and Yeah, because the life on those planets are so rough, they want the stories to be seen by everybody, which again is another touch that, that I like here on, on the storytelling level, because this is a story being told about Kara, you know? So I just like that a little bit. Yeah, and, and Supergirl goes in to sort of see, see the story, as it were. And when she comes out, she's kind of like, you know, she's shell shocked and says, "You know, I saw, I saw, I saw all of it." Um, and you know, we we see then the next scene on a planet is that they've actually caught someone who was a part of the brigands or worked with the brigands, and the crowd is stoning them to death. And mm-hmm. we see Supergirl in the crowd, and uh, the girl says, "You know." I know he deserved that, but, you know, I thought you'd have saved him. And Supergirl mm-hmm. just says, did you? And it's kind of like this thing where, yeah. obviously Supergirl's against killing, but she wasn't going to intervene with this. This is their justice. Yeah, this is this is their rules. Yeah. This is their, their law that they've they've put through. So, yeah. um, so and, and it keeps, and then the next one is like this like, mystical fantasy castle in the sky that they're going through. And it's just like bloods everywhere. It's, it's, it's getting like, darker and darker and this this is the one where supergirl basically just flies off so she can go to the sun and s- scream and feel uh, the pain yeah. and like it's just well so what what makes her do this is that this was a planet of monks and they did not fight the brigands and the brigands yeah. just had they just, sat just there. did whatever they, and they sat there and you know chanted or prayed and yeah. the brigands just still murdered them anyway it was like it, it, just this horrific sight right and uh, it was violence for the sake of violence and she that that's where you almost feel like where Kara's reached her breaking point so she flies off into the sun just so because that's the one place where she can let all of us out and, and herself not have repercussions yeah right? and the, the point <coughs> pardon me the point as well is that Kara will never admit that she feels this, that it's getting to her. You know, she, she'll put on the brave face for, for those around her. Um, and, you know, the, 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 this weight that she carries, because, you know, she came from a, you know, a world that died, and she, she's mm-hmm. going from world to world, and it's not the entire worlds that are dead, but she's seeing just, like, communities or families or entire towns that have been just decimated by this awful force that's going and, and doing this you know when when she when the, the, the scene at the gravedigger earlier that this guy like, he's not the last of his kind but he is the survivor who lost a loved one mm-hmm. and he's burying i mean yeah he lost his daughter but he probably knew a lot of the people the other yeah. people that he's burying too like you know he's, mm-hmm. he's lost his entire world in a sense uh but Kara says to her that she's going home like you know that now that she knows that, that they're closing in in creme that the girl has to go home she can't be there for this and then she doesn't like that obviously she's no. uh you know, she's she's saying no, um, but yeah, uh, 
So I like I like here what her ultimate thing is is she's like, well, no, this is my decision. This is my fight, and you're I you know you're on this ride with me. Like I know you're looking for the end to save your dog, but this is my mission too. And then she tells a story about back home on the rock farm, which is still a hilarious you know sentence to say mm-hmm. as a rock farm that you know they basically have have mules, and that you can really break a mule by making it go on its journey. Or make it do its work on its own. Or from the time you get that, that mule or donkey, you, you have it carry the burden with another one. And then you get more work out of it. So it's almost like, no, let, let me share this burden with you. And so Kara's taking all of this in for all these other people, you know, so other people don't have to have it. Yet, you know, this girl realizes, like, you know, this is my burden as well. Let, let's share it together. And I think that's a really... You know, like a like a nice way to end this part of the story on, because now we're halfway done. Yeah, you know? and also it kind of ends in this beat as well, where her convincing her, because it ends with her getting on a car's back and flying off. Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of convinced that it let her stay, but the way she kind of does that is that Kara says, "No, you you can't be here. You're too young for this." And she says, "Well, what age were you when you first saw Terror?" And she says, "I was a girl." And she's like, well, what am I? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, so it's kind of this acceptance that, like, it, you know, it, not that Carol's a parent here, but it's kind of that same thing of, like, parents never never wanting their kids to mm-hmm. go through the horror they went through at a certain age. They right. want them to be innocent right. longer, to be shielded and protected longer. Um, and this is on a... But in, in this case, it's not just like a, oh, something's kind of bad that we all have to go through and our adolescence happened. Mm-hmm. This is your family was murdered or in Kara's case your entire planet was destroyed these are extremes in, in this context yeah. um and it's just that idea of like her accepting that this girl's already went through the murder of her father she's already kind of different to other people her age she's already kind of you know in the same way that a Bruce is already traumatized after his parents so there's no yeah. making him a normal kid after that. I mean maybe you can put him on a different path and make him not be Batman but there's no making right. him a normal kid after that right. uh so uh, it's like, okay, you're already different and we're already on this journey. And it's also, yeah, get like you said, Supergirl allowing someone else to share the burden a little bit. Um, right. And I think that's something that, you know, if that if that's one of the mission statements of this book is Supergirl sort of learning that she has to not be a solo character, that she can mm-hmm. have a support system. Um, it's hey, the sort of thing. She doesn't have to go through it alone. Yeah, you know? it's the sort of and, thing, and and you get why she does because she is the only one mm-hmm. who remembers Krypton. Clark, as much as right. he's another Kryptonian, doesn't remember mm-hmm. it. And you know, I don't think it will, but you could totally see how this would spin off into an ongoing. Not by King, I'm saying, but like right. you could sort of see how we'd get an ongoing Supergirl book after this, where mm-hmm. it's her coming back to Earth, being like, you know what? No, I don't have to be alone. I can be with others, and that's where right. you sort of pick up and you can the run can do whatever it wants the, the, the only right. thing it has to do is have her have interactions with people and get close to people yeah. and that's it anything yeah. you do with that and, with and, and again and it makes her different from clark in that way too you know that she how she handles it isn't the same way he would you mm-hmm. know um and, oh yeah clark and i would, do like that clark would have stopped the stoning yeah like he would have that, but that's clark that's his the way he experienced the world is different from the way that kara has experienced the world so and just reading this type of stuff when it gets to like these type of stories of the different cultures and stuff, I wonder how much of Tom King's experience as a CIA analyst has has informed a lot of these, mm-hmm. especially this one in Strange Adventures. 
you know. Yeah, I think this. I mean, I mean, I think they all have to some extent because you know they're dealing with like PTSD or Strange Adventures. Mm-hmm. It's like you know what you do to win, and or, and mm-hmm. I, I think with this one, yeah, like the idea of like Supergirl coming across all these like massacres and stuff. I'm not saying Tom King was necessarily going into like the aftermath of no. like horrible things, but he certainly was hearing about them. Aware he was, of them. He was certainly yeah. you know talking about them and like maybe right. whatever, whatever his specific job was. I don't know, but. He was certainly in the know of them, so yeah. that that was you know something that he would have been dealing with from time to time, if not yeah. frequently, depending on yeah. you know. And so, just the art on top of it with Evely, I can never say enough good things. <laughs> this one though gets to showcase a bunch of different things because each variety. planet is different, yeah. yeah, and each one looks just as as stunning as the last. And then just that scene where where Kara flies into the sun, and just the rage. And 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 sadness on her face, it's like perfect. Like, is it? Evil did the colors on this as well. I believe so. Is it just credits uh, her as art, right? No, uh, no? Matthias Lopez. Okay, does the colors? I just want to give a shout because, yeah. like, um, especially early on in in this issue, mm-hmm. where it goes from like the um, the the planet with the all the graves, which is all this like muted soft colors. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is, you know, the the warrior alien, where it's yeah, like you know, Kirby esque, right? And you know, you've got like again, you're up to this like uh, like the the gothic fantasy kind of one with the the yeah. you know with the way that is and extremely detailed artwork on like the the ornate architecture as well. But yeah, but that's the, the, the color palette shift every time because well. yeah, because yeah. that goes to a lot of whites. So it's very mm-hmm. uh, whites it, is the the monks. Yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. What, what, what were you used to talk about the fantasy the, one? The, the 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 dark gothic one where oh, okay. it's, it's you know, oh, where she stays yeah. outside the one that right. would almost be giger looking if it was just that's I was just gonna a, say a yeah. more, yeah a little bit, if it was a little bit more erotic it'd just be yes uh, yeah, yeah that's the one giggery. just alien dongs everywhere yeah yes yeah, alien dongs alien batons you may say batons there you go <laughs> Matt loves them uh, gross yeah so no, I I mean. Do you know what I appreciate about I think this book and kind of the the the, the list of work that King's kind of been putting together with all these twelve issue minis and in this case eight issues is that mm-hmm. even if this one didn't hit me in quite the same way immediately as some of the mm-hmm. other ones did, is that I'm kind of appreciating the variety and his like sort yeah. of trying of different because this is a very different style and it's it's something where he this... wants that that like constant narrator this like past tense mm-hmm. kind of like. The legend of that time I spent with this yeah. amazing person who's oh. this miracle kind so, of vibe. So Connor said that this was his least favorite, and I think this one's my favorite just because, <laughs> like, not that he's worn me down, but, you know, go back to the first issue we talked about. I wasn't in. And now with, with knowing King's point of view on Kara and knowing what that is, I'm way in. I so I understand why. Mm-hmm. Like, like, no, no, I'm not saying, I, I, I can see all the technical parts for this issue in particular. Yeah. Like that, I can see all the right. technical parts of why this works, why this is effective. Mm-hmm. It's just as I was reading it, I kind of felt myself checking out. Like there wasn't enough of a consistent thread in this issue, and the individual, you know, short stories essentially is what they are weren't quite enough for me. Um, I think for me, this book has worked better in the the longer. You know, here's here's the story of this issue. I imagine you'll probably get that again next time. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think, though, like, you know, when it comes down to it, you say, you know, there's a lot of what King's experienced in 
in this book, I wish you and you know, we'll cover that in his other books. I think I'd find King harder to relate to than some other writers. For example, like you know, we were talking about uh, Tynan earlier with Miracle Molly, mm-hmm. with how you know there's a lot of himself in that issue, and I found it a significantly more relatable issue than pretty much anything I've ever read from King. Uh, so you know, whatever it is about King's, you know, his 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 life experiences that he puts into his writing mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily translate to me as well as some other writers. I think, which is. Why sometimes I bounce off his books, even though, you know, sometimes they're really good and sometimes they are, I can stick with them and they're great. But other times I just kind of bounce off them because things don't work for me. And I think it's it's down to just what he brings to it, not in a, a craft point of view, not in a technical level, but just his experiences that he puts into don't kind of translate to me, uh, perhaps as well as some other writers. Oh, well, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna argue with that. I just wanted to show like how how this was your least favorite, but with you know. Well, that's it. I can see the technical elements of this yeah. is to why this should be so effective yeah. and why you know for people this would be their favorite issue. And yeah. uh, I'm kind of just annoyed. I'm annoyed that it's not for me. I'm annoyed that I kind of didn't enjoy well, it. Connor, as much as a, you're fundamentally broken because you have no soul because of your hair color. So it's just... <laughs> that, that explains a lot, actually. Yeah. Like, that's just it. It's okay. Yeah. Like, Kara will still walk with you, all right? Oh, man, this also could be a religion parable now that I just said that, and I didn't even think about that. Oh, am I going to get carried? Is she, Matt, is she just the, the single pair of footsteps in the sand? Matt, yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt's brain's imploding as he's realizing more possible ways yeah. to read this story. Uh, right. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Matt, what are you giving the Supergirl? Uh, this is 9.5. Whoa! Look at that, Car. I feel like I just recre- recreated you know, the meme of the guy blinking, just being like the what? Mm-hmm. I feel like I just <laughs> did that. Um, no, it's like a, a six for me. No, I, I understand what's doing. Art is gorgeous, but I just couldn't connect with it. Yeah, I, uh, I think I'll go with a nine, straight nine for me on this. Uh, that was excellent. Um, so cool. Well, we do have a Patreon, but every month at patreon.com slash TV. Uh, one of the higher tiers, you can make myself or Connor read a book. Connor's going to take care of one this week. He's uh, talking about Harley Quinn Annual 2021, um, which is not the patron who usually makes him read Harley Quinn. Uh, another patron, to make sure he doesn't fall behind, has jumped in and said, hey, my month, this month he can read the Harley Quinn Annual to keep on track. So... There you go. That's why I don't do this because I don't trust people. <laughs> yeah, and it is a re- relatively essential issue in terms of is just it? the ongoing oh. plot. It's very much you probably should read this in between issues six and seven. Obviously, seven's not out yet, so I'm just making an assumption here. But it feels like the next step as opposed to just a random issue. Um, so if you are reading this book and you skipped the annual for whatever reason, you probably want to go back and grab that because i know some people do just skip the annuals they see annual and they go right okay easy skip book but uh no you probably need to spend your money on this one uh obviously stephanie phillips writing um uh david lafente uh marco Feller, and john samavira on art which already tells you my feelings perhaps that i have three artists on a 40 page book which is not well, ideal are they broken up into Different chapters? Like, Not entirely. At dang. first, I thought it was going to be because there's like a framing device. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. And then it gets to a point where it just kind of cuts between the other two and it's very jarring. And there's at least one of the artists I like considerably less than the other two that I do not like very much. Um, which is a real shame because the other, like, two of them, yeah, they're like, maybe not like necessarily my personal favorite, but they're like, you know, it's solid, really clean work and then strong lines. Obviously, very cartoony because this is the, the Harley Quinn book, and that's the aesthetic mm -hmm. of what it's going for, and that's fine. And then you have a couple that are like one artist that's just really, really heavy on the lines, um, and one that's like really almost anime in comparison. And it, it, they don't really mesh well together, the three artists. Um, but there is one that I dislike more than the others, uh, but I don't know which one it is because the <laughs> it, 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 but it, well, I mean, it doesn't break it up by telling me. Yeah, sometimes it'll tell you this artist did these pages. It doesn't do that. It just has the three names, and I don't know the three artists well enough to know which is which. Uh, but the issue is basically you've got uh, Kevin, who's the again for the, for Peter Matt who don't pay any attention to this book. Kevin no. is the ex Joker gang member that Harley has befriended over the course of the book. Uh, so you got him and Solomon Grundy coming into uh, Mr. Freeze and trying to attack him. And, well, Solomon Grundy's trying to attack him. Kevin's trying to not get killed. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I think Kevin McAllister would do well against Solomon Grundy. That's Sec fine. You picture that all you want, whenever I say Kevin. You, you sure Kevin McAllister's not Joker? Yeah, I think Kevin McAllister grew up to kill criminals with deadly traps. So you're saying he's he's Jigsaw Dexter? Yes. There you go. Perfect. Glad we got that sorted. Um, but yeah, it freezes basically. You know, he freezes Kevin everywhere but the face, so he can talk. It's like, what are you doing here? Oh yeah, Keepsake, which was the the random villain that showed up in the last couple of issues that was working with Hugo Strange. He's kidnapped Harley. And they're like, oh, we were told by Two-Face that you could help us. And it's like, all right, well, what happened? So it's, you know, the the story, you know, flashback, so to speak, of, well, here's, here's what happens. And we get who Keepsake is. He, he's basically a semi-terrible um, henchman who has been, who has worked for a lot of the Gotham villains, it seems. Uh, he has a thing against Harley because he once worked for Joker, but Harley fired him. And then we learn out he's he learned he's been fired by like all of them. So he, when he kidnaps them, he he shows up and he, you know they're a little doing a little bit of skateboarding. Kevin you know, rollerblading for Harley, you know, and a little you know, ramp. And he shows up and he's got one of Penguin's umbrellas, but painted it orange. And he's got one of uh, Firefly's flamethrowers, but painted it orange. It's his thing, it seems. Uh, and he knocks them out with like a Joker toxin and kidnaps Harley. So when Kevin wakes up, was like, "Well, where do we go?" He's like, "Well, he had Penguin's umbrella, so we'll go and see Penguin, see what he knows." And Penguin's like, "Oh, that guy. Yeah, I fired him because he kept stealing stuff. Like, which is basically the running gag with all of them that he just kept stealing all that stuff, so that they kept firing him. Um, and they keep saying he should have been called a, uh, you know, kleptomaniac or you know, that there was another." Another like joke name that all of them were like really bad villain names, like even by villain name standards, and uh, they weren't great. Kleptomania is running wild. 
Exactly. And the jokes, it's the sort of thing where it feels like it's supposed to get funnier when they keep doing it over and over, but it, it never got there for me. So I, I didn't really work that well. But they got a penguin. Penguin's like, nah, go see Two Face or someone. No, he sends them to Cheshire. And Cheshire's like, nah, he tried to steal my sword. So he went. Cheshire, I think, sends them to Two Face. Two Face is like, uh, no, go see Freeze. Which brings you full circle because and and Freeze can tra- can find him because he stole one of Freeze's old cold guns. But he, Freeze is is smarter than every other villain and has GPS tech in his in his equipment, so he knows where it is. Um, and keepsake he has recreated Ace Labs like re- you know, like obviously they destroyed it, but he's somehow re- got a building that you know decked out to look at it. He's got vats of you know toxin acid whatever it was, you know, just there and Holly hanging there and like, oh, you know, we're, we're recreating this and, you know, we're doing this whole thing and Kevin and Solomon Grundy are on the way to save her, but she saves herself as, as she does, but, you know, breaks out of her chains, does the fight and does the thing where they fall over into the vats of acid and then Solomon Grundy has to go and rescue her from the, from the vats and turns out it wasn't acid after all. It was just water that he dyed green because obviously he didn't have a vat of acid that he could just fill up at short notice. They would, they would know if it was acid or if it was boiling. I'm just saying. <laughs> they would, yes. There was no it's boiling acid as she fell in, let me tell you that. Uh, but they, they leave and they're like, all right, that's cool. They had, um, they had to like uh, make an agreement with Freeze, uh, Kevin and Solomon Grenadiers to get the information for Harley and it turns out that he they needed him to go and be clowns for, like, someone's birthday. I don't, it, it, it was a weird thing where I'm like, yeah, they, they had to be the, the clown of the, you know, the, the, his niece's birthday party. And it's just, it's just strange. But, yeah, it, it's more just a keepsake's backstory as to why he's the villain here. And I feel like it's made him less of a threat the more because all it's done is kind of feel like he's a bit of a, a bit of a joke, right? You know, he's even by this book standards, he's, he's not really much of a threat. But he, you know, the final page is him coming up, going, "Oh, you know, oh, Harley has no idea. She thinks my gimmick's just stolen weaponry." He stand as he's standing there over the yellow umbrella, a yellow bane mask, uh, one of what I assume is Zaz's knives. And then you just go, you know, I love being underestimated and then to be continued in Harley Quinn 7. I don't think the issue did a very good job of selling any sort of threat, even with this ending. Keepsakes just sounds like a nerd. Yeah. He he, he called himself Keepsakes because he took Keepsakes from all the yeah. villains that he's worked for. and uh, It's not good. It's really not. Um, I say the art is it's not as terrible as Rosmo for a start. Like give that the book. Oh, I praise. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm I'm on the record many many times for not enjoying multiple artists on one book. Yeah. Uh, even for an annual, uh, especially when they don't blend well or there's no narrative reason for it, I find that really rough. And then you have particular pages or one artist in particular, I, I assume that where there are just certain pages that stick out as being to me pretty ugly, uh, more so than the rest. And yeah, it, it's not the longest read for an annual 
of this book, like, don't wrong, I've read things that took a lot longer. But it was very uninspired. I felt kind of going through the motions. The art was all over the place. It's probably like a four. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Pizzazz has pizzazz. <clears throat> it's about when, uh, you know, uh, Phillips was doing the Future State issues. Mm-hmm. People were really excited, going, oh, this is going to be, you know, this this great Harley Quinn run. And, you know, there's so much mm-hmm. promise. And, and I thought maybe, maybe it's just Rosman I won't like. But then, you know, I get these issues. You know, the last issue without Rosman, I'm still not enjoying it. Not really, which is a, anyway, which is a shame. Psych. Yeah. Fireflies here for his uh, Whitley cameo. <laughs> uh-huh. I become cat. I become. You here for the outro? Yeah, good cat. So that'll take us on to the final part of the show. We pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and top five books. And unlike last week, we actually have uh, five to rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, which most of us do anyway. Uh, so, um, all right, Matt, why don't you start off with your moment slash panel? Um, it's going to be from Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Um, and there's a bunch I get picked from. But I think I'm going to put the, the giant alien punching at her. Um, and, and Kara helping her through her rage. That yeah, I've talked about my anger issues, so that really resonated with me. Ah, uh, yeah, so that's what was relatable for Matt, was the anger issues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I don't want it to be a parody, but I kind of have to go with the. I wasn't going to let that happen to my son. Like mm, that's a good one too. It snipe me. It snipe me with emotion. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm I'm going with that as well because it just yeah. came out of nowhere. God damn it! Yeah, hit me like a hit me like a truck. All right, Carter, what was your uh, cover of the week? Um, honestly, there's not like a ton of covers that I loved this week. There's a couple that are all right. Uh, so I'm just going to fall back on a Catwoman. Jenny Frisian variant because you know, if in doubt I'm actually also going to go Catwoman but I'm not going with that one I'm going with the one that's like she's on the, the hood cam see now I feel like you're cheating a little bit because that's an actual 1 to 25 variant and we we would always did it was just the, the regular variants right wait what but I don't remember no. that's been a real it definitely yeah, but me moving goalposts with Batman now you're moving goalposts for covers it definitely used to be why, why? Someone, someone can go. I back thought it was any that. variant that on a book that we talked about. It may about. be back in like episode twenty-two. <laughs> it's been so long that we've only ever picked from the variants that have been like the, the readily available ones. That I've just assumed that we've kept that. No, there was a period at the start when there was no variants allowed. But I, I don't. If there ever was a rule about only the regular variants, then. But one, some of the long-term listeners can. This is, this is the one that spoke to me uh, more than anything. Um, I mean, I, I you know the the the, the Nightwing variants are right. Uh, are you saying you didn't love the Supergirl variant? Uh, Absolutely not. I'm, cover ever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't. Uh, the Flash variant's kind of fun. You know, it's a Spally and Irene costume. Uh, it looks nice enough. But no, Cat Catwoman on the dash cam on the car with the kind of the the video effects and uh, the sort of the wanted uh, top. Was you know, it's a bit. Uh, it's got. A, it's got a theme kind of to it. It's, no, it's quite clever. You know, known, associ- uh, known accomplices being the creative team at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. Matt, what are you going with? Um, I really like the Manipole Aquaman Becoming cover, but 
since Connor wants to put in a rule about no one out of 25s, <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> I didn't put it I'm, in. I'm, I'm going to go with the Catwoman Jenny Frazier too. It's, it's really good. It's the one who makes the rules. That is not a rule, right? That's just case. I feel like you might have made the rule in the first place. Case settled. Well, I changed the rule. Okay. It's the, it's the beauty of a dictatorship is you can just on a whim <laughs> change your mind. Disapprove of this nonsense. <laughs> Most people do disapprove of dictatorship, except the one who's the dictator. Uh, so begging for a coup. There you go. <laughs> um, no, you're gonna side with the side of capital. We've already been on this. Uh, I can't trust you to do a coup because he's gonna be like, "I'll give you more money not to coup," and you're like, "Okay." <laughs> all right, how much money? Exactly. Um. All right. Best. Uh. Best start of the week, Matt. We got. Evilly. Not even a second. Of course, they. Uh, of course, it's Connor. Honestly, that's a great choice, but I'm going with uh, with Danny for yeah. Molly. The 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 art that Matt looked at and said, "No, I'm not reading this." <laughs> nope. That's the one. I loved it. That's the one. Uh, oh, Matt picking. I don't know. Uh, Catwoman was good. Uh, Jimenez and Batman was good. I like Danny's art. Uh, and Evilly was obviously pretty good too. Uh, I think. Yeah, I have to go with Danny as well. Uh, it's close, but yeah. Yeah, Matt's on his own. Matt's, Matt's, Matt's walking alone, like Batista. Never, because I have Kara with me at all times. No footsteps, though, because she hovers. She has a, uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, uh, all right, top five books of the week, then, Matt, you can kick us off. Uh, I'm starting a Superman-based religion. I'm just letting you people know. Uh... But number one, Supergirl. Number two, Catwoman. Three, Nightwing. Four, um, Aquaman Becoming. Five, Batman. Connor? Uh, one, Miracle Molly. Two, Catwoman. And Nightwing, Batman. And then Batman the Detective. Batman Actually, no. Oh. Batman the Detective above Batman. Oh, okay. Bold choice. Yeah, the, changed my mind. From the ginger <laughs> corner. Uh, <laughs> what was that under Matt's breath? I don't know, but I don't approve. It's certainly, I hate you so much. <laughs> no, I looked at what's coming next week. Oh, right, okay. Uh, so, yeah, my, my top five. Uh, I will go with Supergirl in number one, uh, Miracle Molly in number two, number three, Nightwing. No, no, number three, Catwoman. Number four, Nightwing. Number five, Batman. There you go. I think that lines up with what I said. Um, so there you go. That's uh, that's the, the top book. So I will now tell you what's coming next week, as is time honored tradition on this show. Uh, and this segment is sponsored by Skills. I'm kidding. It's not. Uh, I wish I was getting. I was gonna go. Dang. I wish I was getting Skills money. Connor. Yeah. No. I was like, <laughs> give me the capital. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, coming next week we got Detective Comics one thousand forty three. We have Action Comics 1035, Justice League 68, <laughs> good luck, Matt. Uh, we have Robin issue 6, Strange Adventures issue 12, that's a biggie. Uh, Batman Superman 22 is out. Uh, Superman Son of Kal-El, as mentioned previously, it was pushed to next week, so we're getting double super dose next week. Uh, we have Harley Quinn issue 7, good, good luck with that, Connor. Although, not I'm next not week. Next week so but you, you have to read it the week after, though, so, you know. Yeah. The misery is still there. 
And that's the, that's a fair state tie-in, so maybe it'll oh, be yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. uh, there is a bear on the cover. But <laughs> Batman. We saw that, but it's also a Rosmo bear, so it's kind of a bear. Batman Reptilian issue four, Legends of the Dark Knight issue five, Blue and Gold issue three, Checkmate four. Uh, so a lot of things that I don't think I've read the last issue of, but uh, a new issue one though we have Deathstroke Inc. Which to be honest, the uh, Weaver story set that up and a backup or something recently mm-hmm. was pretty good. So, uh, well, it's too, so yeah. I trust him. So I'm intrigued. Yes. Um. So I'll definitely try that next week. Uh, Superman seventy eight issue two is out. Wonder Woman black and gold issue four. Batman v's Bigsby a Wolf in Gotham, which also got pushed a week because I remember saying that last time. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. I was just thinking that. Yeah, uh, but you know, hey, things get pushed. Things get pushed. Uh, I mean, after all, there was a news story a couple of weeks ago about how like a big list of books got pushed by a, a few weeks. So it, is, it I, mean, I guess those delays are still just still stacking up for some. Uh, Mister Miracle Source of Freedom issue five, and then Ruby Justice League issues. That's still not finished. <laughs> That's been going for ages. Uh, so yeah, uh, obviously that was a lot to list. I think I actually have less books next week than I did this week. I have about six, I think, next week. So uh, nice and comfortable uh, amount. So that a couple of patrons will be going nice and smooth. And I uh, mean, Matt will uh, talk about some things. Maybe talk about a little bit of wrestling here or there, or maybe a little. I don't bit. like this voice you're doing and stop because I want to go take a nap. A little bit of horror movies. Sometimes. I mean, that's most likely yes. Um, <laughs> wrestling and horror movies is my brand right now, according to Twitter. So, you know, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't know. And I knew all the wrestling tags. That that's fine. Uh, I, I got hockey coming up soon, so. Ah, I'll jump back in on that one. Yeah, I. Uh, also, I muted Star Wars Visions, and I've never been happier. That's all I can say. <laughs> you not watched it? Or, or you're not watching it because it's too anime. Yeah, thank you. And I got tired of everybody I'm, talking I'm about. I'm very like, excited gonna... to actually sit down and watch some of it soon. Yeah. Anime hey, if trash. people are excited by it, I'm happy they like it. I don't need a breakdown of every single vision, all right? By 14 different people. So I just muted it. Is it 14 it. different people, or is it all in the 14 different accounts? <laughs> How can we be sure? <laughs> really. Oh, dear. But it wasn't just him. It was literally, it was like a majority of people I follow. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it. But Pete does during hockey season. Just going to mm-hmm. mute it. Not it was it? during whatever wrestling event was on this week. Mm-hmm. Was, was I assume, was it, what was it? Grand Slam. Yeah. Yep. And my entire Twitter feed was just that. I was like, nah, sick of this. What if this was going on at the same time as as a as a tennis event that <laughs> Connor was really involved in? And the only hashtag was Grand Slam. He was forced because you can't get rid of that. Uh no, no, I just, I just, I, I went through a mute about seven or eight different wrestler things that were all, that were popping up in my thing that day, and I was like, nope, gone, I'm gonna gone, start, gone. I'm going to start spelling CM Punk wrong in the tag, so Connor has to see it now. Well, he finds Screw a way. <laughs> he finds a way. I will send uh, you so much Visions content. Uh, uh, you can, we... I'll just throw it open it. You know what, I'm so proud of this joke that even though the time has passed, I'm going to circle back and do it. When you said there was no way to be sure about 14 different accounts from Alden, I was going to respond with, the only way to be sure is to nuke Florida from orbit. (laughs) (laughs) I just became the the Falcon uh, meme. He's not a lion, but he's right. We we have all been various memes today, haven't we? Yep. All right, I'll let you go. That's the the show pretty much. I will thank our Patreon producers for the, the month. Dictators 
<laughs> nuking Florida. Thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Board Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Uh, that and Lee. Shut up. That's one of the that is the uh, one of the higher tiers that we have on Patreon is to be a producer. But you can support us for as little as one dollar per month and get some bonuses. At the five dollar tier, you get the show a day early. As soon as it's out the oven, um, get 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 it out there. Uh, so go go and have a look. See if you're interested in supporting us that way and helping keep all the content coming. Uh, you also get bonuses for other Mail Fuzz TV shows. If you I don't know if you've if you've tried some of the movie podcasts that are on the Mail Fuzz Movies channel. Uh, the sci-fi and horror podcast so check go check those out and see if you're uh, interested but you can also support everything for free if you're on youtube hit the like button subscribe ding the bell for notifications all that stuff uh, and if you're uh, listening to the audio feed which uh, more of you are uh, you, you know give us a five-star review on itunes or podcast addict or wherever you listen to your your audio podcasts from uh you know and share us on twitter at dc comics podcast uh, if you also if you want to like ask questions or share news stories or whatever it may be. Uh, I don't know. Insult Connor, for example. I mean, yeah. You can do that if you want. Uh, yeah. But that is us. So, yes, I am going to go and quickly put this into the editing software, uh, hit render, and then go crash for like an hour while this uh, cooks. <laughs> I'm going to go eat two slices of pizza and take a nap before I go see a concert tonight. So... Which crappy which, and then watch Green Knight? Which crappy punk band are you going to see? Uh, I'm seeing Bayside, Senses Fail, The Bomb Pops, and Hawthorne Heights. Sounds like a lot so of crappy 20, punk bands, yeah. 20, 21 year old me is stoked. So, mm. yep. Okay. Bayside's good life. I, Pete, I actually think you wouldn't mind Bayside. Maybe no, I don't know. I never heard of them, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I just I know from some of Matt's other musical tastes uh, what to expect. I know uh, to a some of the bands that Matt I can't remember which ones, but there's a couple that you know that he likes a lot that are, that are yeah. playing at a, a festival near me next year. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe I'll go. You should. Well, like Jay Z. Wonder Years is that one that you're a big fan of? Yes, I love the Wonder Years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're playing. Yeah, they they just played their first show back, uh, filling in for the story so far because one of their members got sick. So, yeah, I'm sh- yeah. I'm sure they're playing uh, Slam Dunk next year. Yeah, oh. so excited! Maybe Live Prince, music's maybe, back. Maybe Prince will go. Maybe he'll. Be yeah, playing. I went to my first gig in God knows how long, like yeah. last week, and it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I've realised I've reached the point. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if what US gig culture is like, but in the UK, in in terms of like rock, metal, punk, there's yeah, there's the scene of guys that the forty-ish year old guys who wear. Uh-huh. Uh, a leather or a denim jacket with patches on and just stand there oh, with a oh. pint. Uh, okay, the patches, uh, you're talking about a battle vest with the with the sure. patches, sure. denim, yeah. Yeah, but it's not always. Sometimes it's leather, you know, sometimes yeah. it's just yeah, a, yeah. a jacket or a vest specifically. Okay. Probably because the UK is colder. But um, <laughs> I, I'm basically at that point. I've realized yeah. I'm at that point. Of just That's me now at the gig. I'm just going to stand there and chill. When I went to Newfound Less Than Jake was the first time I didn't get involved in a mosh pit in years. And mm. my, my body thanked me. Um, also, <laughs> pandemic still exists, and I don't want other people's uh, sweat on me if I can help it. So yep. that's, a yep, wise, yep. that's a wise life choice, I think. Yep. So there you go. Um, yeah, October's, October's soon. That's exciting. 
October's good. Thanks for the calendar update, Pete. I'm just saying, things might happen in October. Sounds like my Siri went rogue. Just, just, <laughs> just, 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 things may happen in October that could be interesting, that's all I'm saying. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you can, of course, uh, uh, I already did all the promotion things, why am I doing that again? See, that's just the thing, you tangented so much into stupid concert shit that I have went back into autopilot into doing the start of the outro again. It's that you don't know what day it is, because your calendar updated to October. It's not, I'm not saying it's October soon. I said it's October soon. That is an accurate statement. You know what? Also, the show's over right now, so end it. Let's go. <laughs> this has been Cults of the Multiverse, episode 272. Thank you very much for joining us. We also appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Why did October soon sound like a threat? <laughs>